But yeah, you're just sliding on into the episode. Welcome to the Catch and Out for the first episode. Yay! Uh, We actually got it. We made it. (laughs) Yeah, first ever episode properly. That's cool. So today we're going to be talking about Euros, right? Uh, All the looking ahead to Euros. Yes, excited. Um, So yeah, obviously Catch and Out podcast uh, joined by Zoe. Down. Oh shit, that way. Hello. Down, yeah, down, down there. I'm gonna get out of here. And 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 Colum down down that way. Um and and just for the audio listeners, that was Colum waving. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so if you're listening on podcast, uh thanks for listening on podcast. Don't forget to give us a a like, follow and a five star review, pretty please. Um but if you didn't know, we are recording and we put it on YouTube as well, so you can Keep up with us on there. You can see all of the content on there and all of the the lovely faces. And yeah, you uh, can see me wave. Yeah, you can <laughs> see. That's what you really want to see. You know that, that's quality content. <laughs> when you know you're in the 21st century, you can see an Irishman wave to a Swiss person <laughs> in Switzerland. Um, and that is that is that is the the other point I was I was going to raise is that two of us are in boring old England, and uh, Zoe's living the high life in Switzerland. Um, I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm in a different country every episode. So last time I was in Scotland, this time I'm in Switzerland. Probably yeah, for the that. next time. <laughs> yeah, we should we should do one from from Euros so that way we can tick Netherlands off the list and then we, yeah, we will do well, at some point. We'll definitely take some videos while we're uh, there, and we'll just make Colin feel very awkward. And, it's all right, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, thanks, great. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe the next one will just be like me and Zoe on the bus to to Euros and just like going hi. <laughs> An hour long podcast every morning while we try yep. to get to Dracon. <laughs> Yeah, so um, look out for those podcasts dropping every single day. No, that's not happening. I am not committing to that. Every single day, 7 a.m. Every, every single day, 7 a.m. EU time. <laughs> um, so, it's yeah. Just what you had for breakfast. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> would <laughs> be absolutely lovely. Um, Guest starring the entire Austrian team, the entire Swedish team, the entire Welsh team, and the half of the Swiss team that aren't hungover. And if we aren't all singing Hail to the Bus Driver on the way every time, <laughs> like, are we even doing Euros right? Um, okay, right. Now I'm glad I'm not going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't worry, Carl. I'll be the person to start clapping as soon as we get there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, thanks for all the support so far. Um, we, we finished today before we got to the start of the episode on 99 likes on Facebook. So close to that 100. Uh, and we did it uh, get over a hundred on uh, on Instagram. Um, don't forget to subscribe subscribe to us if you're on YouTube. Uh, obviously, that will help us, and you get to see our lovely faces in your subscription box uh, every time that there is a new episode out. So there will be one for the Euros, and there'll be one for post Euros. So I guess let's crack on with it and do the intro scene. Okay, let's go. And that's where it's really really experienced because it's silent for us and we can't hear anything. So <laughs> we just we just sit here in absolute silence and just hope it's worked. So uh Cole and I both did a little little dance as that was happening, but we can't hear the music yeah, at just, all. And no one no. can see it, but for no one's benefit. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, so what everyone missed out on there is just just the absolute <laughs> rave skills that will be on show in in Swiss in no Netherlands coming up in the Euros. So, maybe we need to do a catch and out sponsored rave. Maybe that's what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just we don't that. want to do much. We want to do a rave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what's gonna happen. It ain't no uh, much coming up. Buy yeah, your yeah. tickets now for the first catching out rave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so yeah. Obviously, Euros. Um, we need to stay on topic. Like, obviously, we, we're good at going off topic. So bear with us yeah. if we do go a bit off topic. But um, so hey, we're talk- here to talk about Euros. Let's talk about Euros and like why we like Euros and. For those that have never witnessed or heard about Euros, I'm trying to get the world record for saying the Euros in the most amount of times in a podcast. I was going to say. Keep going, uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So what's the Euros format um, and how does it work? So um, I guess I should hand over to the two people that actually played in Euros to give a bit of a description of how Euros worked. Um, So I'll go with Colm. Uh, How how does Euros work in terms of... Yeah, putting you on the spot. Um, (laughs) In, in terms of the format, obviously we have groups usually, uh, but there is always the knockouts as well, right? Yes, so it kind of depends um, on the number of teams that enter, but usually you go through the group stage and then, uh, for example, the men's here this year, it's going to be the top two in each of the four groups go through to the knockout stages. Um, and then you go through the knockout stages from quarters, semis to final. Um, along with positional games as well um, for every team. So I think you can get a full ranking of one to however many countries enter the tournament. So you get plenty of dodgeball action over the four days of the tournament. Yeah, like no matter where, where you end up finishing, I guess you've got yeah. all the groups and you have knockouts. So everyone, from my understanding, ends up with a positioning. So yes. whether you're first to last, uh, but mm-hmm. if you get plenty of dodgeball, plenty of knockout uh, dodgeball, um and yeah definitely first time a lot of people see a lot of international experience of uh knockout dodgeball absolutely um, so yeah uh definitely looking forward to seeing that so give us a bit of gra- like obviously so if you if those who don't know zoe very well in the dodgeball scene zoe is not <laughs> only the, the meme queen as she has now been t- termed by multiple people at this point i believe um <laughs> yeah. she's not only the dodgeball meme queen but she's basically the first active dodgeball journalist um and and therefore she's already done sort of a preview on everything Euros related. So if you want a bit of a history lesson, uh, speak to Zoe. Zoe's your gal. So if you don't mind taking it away, what give us give us a bit of a understanding of where these Euros are at the moment and sort of a bit of a history about it. Yeah. So obviously, like you said, you can uh, just check out the article that I wrote instead um, <laughs> instead of listening to this podcast. Uh, wrote an article for House of Dodge, which has all the information I'm about to give and a bit more. But basically, um, Euros started back in 2011. It wasn't called the Euros back then, it was called the Six Nations. Uh, presumably the same name and conventions as rugby, but it's not the same Six Nations because Sweden was in there. So unless uh, unless rugby's changed dramatically um, since I last checked, um, yeah, the original Six Nations, I believe, were England, um, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Italy, and Sweden. Um, Austria didn't start playing until the second year of Euros. I I guess a big differentiator there as well is that in uh, dodgeball, there is Northern Ireland and Ireland. In rugby, there's just Ireland. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. 
I did not know that. I still know nothing about rugby. Nothing has changed <laughs> since we talked about rugby earlier today. Um, but yeah, those were the original Six Nations. I was just checking it before this, and uh, England managed to come first and second in the men's um, because they were allowed to enter two teams. That shows you that that shows how old this was. So back then, you could bring two teams, and England brought two, and no one else brought two, as far as I can tell. I assume that was three ball um, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, 2011. So, so the, definitely the, ancient, the ancient days, the ancient days. I don't know. I don't know when, but I know Ireland for one or two of the tournaments had two teams in it as well. Mm, I think I don't know when they changed that rule. I don't think it was for the first few years because obviously I don't. I don't, was... I don't know. My my knowledge does after mm. does not stretch before my time that well. <laughs> <laughs> but you've always been playing. <laughs> All right, okay. Who was there when the first dodgeball was pumped up? (laughs) In the 1900s. (laughs) Yeah, um, so then eventually then they changed the format to five ball. I can't tell you what year that was because I don't actually know. I assume it was around 2015 or 2016 that they changed it. The first World World Cup was five ball was 2016 in Manchester, I believe. Yeah, that would make sense. So it would be around then. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's been five ball ever since the UK changed to playing five ball to sort of match up with the international scene. Uh, so back when I first started playing, and presumably when you guys did as well, then I remember at Warwick we referred to five ball as international dodgeball, international rules, uh, and three ball was dodgeball. So, yeah, pretty pretty different nowadays with five ball being a standard form, but we still don't play the same version in the UK. We play subtly different rules. Uh, the two big ones being that the neutral zone is wider at Euros. Um, yeah. oh no, so the three big differences are the neutral zone is wider. Um, off the back of that, suicides, or I um, can't remember what the other name is for them. Uh, the, Leap of Faith, I think, is it? That's the one, yeah. Leap of Faith or suicides are um, a legal move within uh, European dodgeball, as in if you successfully jump across the centre court, not the centre court, if you jump out of the neutral zone, releasable before you hit the ground that ball hits another player you do not line fault you are not counted as out you can run back to your side of the court uh, the opposition can still hit you while you're running back and they frequently do so it's very much a, a last ditch situation um but yeah that's something that you can do in european dodgeball you can't do it in the uk if you hit the other player it still counts as a hit but you are out regardless in the uk yeah, I think um, it's like it's the, not that it's like not illegal in the UK. It's just in it's it actually inse- yeah, it's actually yeah. incentivized in international. Like you get yeah. a reward for actually pulling it off, which is you're not out. Yeah, yeah. the the UK, benefit is just, there. Yeah, and and that kind of comes. I think that that stems from handball. If you watch handball, then that's a, that's a move that handball players use when they're trying to score. Um, the UK doesn't really play handball at all. It's a, a big cultural difference, and so I think that move in general isn't something that we're as interested in in the UK and for whatever reason we've chosen to eliminate it from the rule set. Um, And the third big difference is that in the UK when you're hit out, if you're carrying the ball, you're allowed to roll it backwards. In European dodgeball, you have to put it down where you are. Um, And you'll see this at Euros because every single player who plays in the UK will mess up on that rule and will get yellow carded. Honestly, whenever whenever I come back from playing with Ireland, like I and we play like league, I always forget the difference in the rules. So I'm just putting the ball down, and everybody's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Get the ball back to us!" I was like, "I'm sorry." 
I yeah. line for all the time because I'm so used to that wider neutral zone again. So yeah, I'll, like, I'll first... steal that excuse too. <laughs> <laughs> the first few like trainings back in in the UK, then I always like line for, and then on the uh, flip side, when I'm back to Switzerland, then I always throw from way way too early, and everyone else is like, you know, staring at me from a meter in front of me, just like, what well, what are you doing back there? Why did you just throw from back there? Um, so yeah, just, a couple uh, not good of adapted. I, yeah, that's that's also something to consider, right? Is that obviously when we go into predictions later, obviously we've been back playing for for a while now. Um, we've had a full season, uh, but we do play on different courts with a slightly different rule set. And those that have been back after after COVID, uh, you know that forbidden word, they will be playing on the international rules. So and in the inter- international courts, so maybe that will play a factor hopefully not for the home nations but we'll see it'll be an interesting one anyway yeah i mean certainly i've only trained for like four hours now back with the european rule set so uh i'm predicting very early that i'm going to get a card at euros probably on the first day for rolling a ball backwards can we we also just take a moment to appreciate the switzerland team sheet that was released with zoe on it because it was incredible right you've got every everyone's team on it there are two main teams present and there are two people that had a different logo and zoe was one of them repping a british uh british (laughs) team so you know fair play fair play to you zoe (laughs) it's it's really funny there are five clubs total that are represented on those team sheets there's um lausanne foxes who have the most players by a country mile um, Limor Sharks, who have pretty decent number now. Phoenixes, who have like two, I think, maybe three. And then there's me and Ben Favre, who plays for Ninjas in Austria. <laughs> and we're just sat there with like a weird little club logos, like, yeah, we're, we're here too. We're international. Woo. Yeah, congrats, congrats <laughs> on that. Thank you. But yeah, uh, Euro's history. So I guess, yeah, that's uh, the six nations i want to say five nations because that's the old six nations but six nations for for dodgeball that then turned into five ball then we had the euros um now it's like the only ones that i know of is you had italy in 2018 right correct newcastle in 2019 there was a france one before that wasn't there do you want me to read out the list (laughs) yeah go on then go on 2010 london 2011 stockholm 2012 sesa I, I'm assuming that's in Italy. Brave. <laughs> uh, 2013, Chester. 2014, Vienna. 2015, Belfast. 2016, Paris. 2017, Glasgow. 2018, Lugano. Oh, Lugano. Um, 2019, Newcastles. <laughs> it's pluralized on EDF. That's fun. <laughs> Newcastles. <laughs> we, we have multiple castles and they're all new. <laughs> Uh, that, then, you yeah, know what? Newcastle always implies that there's an old castle somewhere as well, which I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So, wow, I didn't realize we'd go all the way back to tw- 2010. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, Colm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't realize we went all the way to 2010. But um, yeah, the well remembered uh, Chester <laughs> Euros as well. Yeah. Um, great, great location choice, I guess. But um, anyway, yeah. So we're back in, well, we're back, we're in Netherlands this time. Um, for the first time. For the first time. I guess... So, let's look at the last two that happened, because I think they're the ones that are most relevant in terms of rules and people in memory, and obviously we've had COVID, so they're probably still most likely to have the most players that were in, playing then and still going to be playing now. So, Italy uh, and 
uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, I think, had some pretty impactful results, which everyone remembers. Um, well, I think everyone remembers one result, but doesn't remember the other one. It seems to be a Mandela <laughs> effect going on, which uh, we seem to be aware of. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, so uh, New- Northern Ireland got two silver medals, and England got one silver medal and two bronzes, yeah. yes. right? Yes. With Austria, Austria taking the que- clean sweep of uh, the Triple Crown. Um, is that what it's called in Dodger? Is it a Triple Crown? The Treble. treble. The Treble. Okay, just the Treble. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's one thing to remember, because I think everyone remembers the men's, Northern Ireland beating England yeah. in the men's, but then the so mixed as well. That would be interesting well. thing. When I was writing, I wrote a, a summary of the 2019 uh, Euros as well, which is also on House of Dodge, so go check that out. Um, and in that, then before I found the EDF actually has like all of the information up online, I was kind of just asking around and talking to people about their memories of it. And literally everyone pointed to that that Northern Ireland semi-final against uh, England in the men's and was like, that's the match that everyone remembers. That's you know, amazing that the Northern Irish men managed to get to the finals. And then I was looking at it, I was like, but the mixed also made it. Like, why, <laughs> why don't we remember that? And I think... I don't know if maybe it was just the order of events. Like, I think the the men's match overshadowed everything else. Yeah, so it was was Northern Ireland versus England um, in the semis for the men's, because I then refereed England versus Austria in the mix Mm -hmm. um, straight afterwards. But honestly, like, the the atmosphere in that room was so weird because you had one half with like the England fans who were still kind of in shock of what just happened. And then the other half were absolutely buzzing of what had just happened. <laughs> and it was honestly, it was the weirdest atmosphere. Plus everybody, the other, the other thing is, is that like everybody kind of saying England versus Austria in the mix as like the big, the big match. Cause usually, cause I think uh, in Italy, um, it was England, Austria, and all three. Um, yeah. And all three, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disciplines? Finals. Categories, um, categories yeah. Um, Thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody kind of just looks at that as, as a final almost. It was as big as a final, so nobody kind of like felt it never, it didn't feel like a semi final, if, if that kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, but yeah, every it was the weirdest atmosphere having referee that that came afterwards. <laughs> I, I guess the other semi-final of Northern Ireland sneaking into the final because they were on the other side of the draw to yeah. England and Austria. That's probably why it's forgotten because everyone's like, "Oh, Northern Ireland got a second one." Does that mean Northern Ireland beat England again? No, it was because Austria beat England in the semi, and that's yeah. how it mixed up. So uh, yeah, no, definitely, um, there's definitely potential for that kind of thing to happen again this year. Uh, in draws, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, given that's history, like just general, looking forward to Netherlands, like the Netherlands Euros or the Drachten Euros. I need the proper pronunciation, like of Drachten. Like that's how I'm imagining it, but I, it could be completely different. So, if there are any Dutch listening, please like hop on and like send an audio recording of how you actually pronounce I'm, I'm it. Him. 
Yeah, and well, forgive all of us. Okay, on on, on I'm behalf just not going to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I I've, I've been going very German with it. I keep calling it Drachten, which is probably how you'd say it in German, and that's not going to be correct in Dutch. Yeah, either. that's that's the only way I can imagine pronouncing it is is Drachten. But uh, yeah, d sorry <laughs> is the only thing I can say. Uh, deepest and sincerest apologies um, on on butchering a pronunciation. Um, we are, after all, English, or I am. Um, so, yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah, speak for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I've just got a massive <laughs> Irish flag behind him. I've got a massive Swiss flag, and you're like, we're English. <laughs> and I've, I've got a massive British flag right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, what are we looking forward to about this this year is, uh, other than obviously just the dodgeball, because that's the cop-out answer. Um I I'll 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 take the cheap one first. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Europe, and just the fact that it's in Europe. To be honest, I know it's a bit of a, a bit of a lame one, but it, going going abroad, meeting internationals abroad is just it's it's a fun experience, and I'm genuinely looking forward to it. So, um, experiencing how other people host dodgeball events, not just uh, British dodgeball, which I'm very used to, um, seeing what other people's expectations are. I think uh, if any, so those who have never watched Euros dodgeball before. There is definitely a culture with European dodgeball, um, and there is definitely a friendly atmosphere. And not that there isn't a friendly atmosphere in British dodgeball, but um, you know the fact that people get around in a big circle and then throw a ball up in the air um, is is uh. definitely very unique and very wholesome. So definitely looking forward to going and seeing more and experiencing more of that actually in person. So that that's my cheap cheap answer. But yeah, what about you two? I think. For me, like just listening to you talking about that, the, the fact that there's definitely an atmosphere with Euros. My my memory of last Euros, which was my first Euros, um, is just it was the exact same feeling that I had when I went to my first ever league meet in the UK. Like I remember, you know, I got ropes into this league meet. Someone gave me a shirt. We drove off to God knows where, and then you walk into this hall, and there's this moment where it hits. We're like, oh, this is like this is a thing. Like this is a thing thing. It's not just. <laughs> I don't know, like, it didn't occur to me that you could play dodgeball in that way. That was my first feeling at yeah. league. I was like, oh, you can do this. Everyone's wearing kit and it matches. That was something that really surprised me because obviously at training, you don't. And then you yeah. show up here and everyone's got, like, proper kits and they're all taking it seriously. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And showing up to Euros was kind of reliving that same feeling three years after I just, you know, I first felt it sort of walking into Euros and seeing everyone doing those silly little things, doing the, you know, throwing the ball up in the air after dancing around in a circle, doing crowd things as well. Um, and just sort of all that atmosphere, whereas they're like, oh, this is this is proper, like this is its own thing. International George was is an actual thing. Um, and I think that's just so special, that, that community and that feeling that you get in that room. You don't really get it anywhere else. You don't come close to getting it in the UK with anything because it is made out of the fact that we all we're all coming from different cultures and we've got this one thing in common you know like everyone kind of gets by and speaks a little bit of english with each other but really the, the common language as she as it sounds to say is is dodgeball we all understand each other because we all love this sport and we're all very much the same kinds of people and it's so much fun to just be able to recognize that and have all those people in a room and, and see that What's that? What's that quote from a famous, um, famous dodgeball journalist? Something about Fuck you, Nick. like <laughs> dodgeballers make the, the sport. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Print that oh, on I a t-shirt. I love that you had that quote in your back pocket with music. <laughs> <laughs> 
the <laughs> whole time. Every single time. I know, I know. The thing is, is Zoe knows I'm just gonna bring it out. And I'm like, it's a great quote because it's actually true. The the only reason we're laughing about it is because we all know it's true. And unless unless you go there and experience for yourself, um, you just gotta take our word for it. But um, yeah, yeah edit like it's it's the same with all dodgeball thing. Euros is definitely one I imagine is particularly special. Not having been one to myself. Uh, but it definitely appears everything I've seen on the live stream looks really like a unique thing. I've been to the Atlantic Cup. Um, that was a really unique and a special moment. Mm. Um, but, you know, just dodgeball in general, like one of the great things is the dodgeball family. We use it a lot as a term, but, uh, you know, within British dodgeball, there's a great, great community. And I definitely think that that is, that is something to take away to the international family of dodgeball as well. Um, that, that definitely exists. How wholesome to lead into Colm's idea. Which is probably just going to go, I'm looking forward to Dodgeballs playing everywhere. I'm looking forward to drinking. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I can't go this year, so I can't I can't go with the whole atmosphere thing, you know. You actually have um, to think of your own answer. <laughs> well, you Live stream? You, you say that. Um, well, basically, yeah. Um, it's just going to be nice to watch a load of Dodgeball. Um, what I what I really lo- love about like all international tournaments is that it creates a big reason for exposure for the sport like it's really nice to be able to actually share you know loads of different types of footage of different countries and all like having played in a few tournaments myself it's it was just really nice to be able to show people you know the fact that it is something that's played on it's not it's not just a movie that everybody talks about like this is something a lot of us really enjoy doing um, so yeah, just getting to watch loads and loads of dodgeballs for four days. That I'm really looking forward to. I've got I've got a three three monitor setup that uh, gonna be gonna be on repeat for the entire day. You know, it's gonna be great. I remember at Newcastle that that was good fun. It was just like you'd have on on your phone you'd have the timetable of what's going on, and then you'd be like all four tabs open, one which was the YouTube British Dodgeball stream, and then the other one was the three Facebook streams that yeah, you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you had no idea what was going on in the Facebook ones. It was pure chaos, but it was like, it's yeah, Dodgeball. were like trying so to show like a, a scorecard. Yeah, like, score like, at the end of the set, like somebody was just posting it up and like the two flags on top of it. Stuff. And there was just like, there was always one dedicated viewer that just stayed in one channel and just kept reporting the score. Like they, His you name know, was Nick Hall. Um, maybe (laughs) but yeah that that was uh oh yeah that was good i'm looking forward to seeing because all of it's on youtube now so uh if you didn't know um and you haven't subscribed to uh netherlands bond dodgeball is it uh i think it's that one um basically the netherlands uh like federation of dodgeball uh group on youtube they've got all the live streams set up so if you go onto their page at the moment you can see the previews of upcoming stream so go subscribe to them, go give them a bit of a boost, but also uh, that's where you're going to find it. Um, that's where it looks like it's all going to be. So uh, I hope you're ready for a nice early start at 8.30 on Thursday um, for some dodgeball. And the, is that 8.30 UK or is that 8.30 there? 8.30 UK. That's when the dodgeball yeah. starts because it's, it's 9.30 EU is when the dodgeball starts. 8.30 I think is the opening ceremony. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, okay. So that's, that's, where got, that's where I got mixed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. going to be if you want to watch the opening ceremony, which I'm not sure if it's being live streamed or not. I haven't seen a page for it dedicated. I imagine it'll be on there. Just keep your eyes out on it. 
um, that'll be 7.30 UK time. So while you're having your breakfast, while you're having your Weetabix and before you're going off to work, go watch the opening ceremony of the Euros. It'll be spectacular. The uh, 2012 opening ceremony will have nothing on it. I can tell you that for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, uh, drafted. <laughs> but yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be good fun. So that's when all the fun starts is, is a week. I, well, it depends. It's a week tomorrow of when we're recording this. As when it goes live, it's probably going to be a week today. Um, Can I also so, yeah. just interject and say how incredibly English you are that your go-to for like opening ceremonies is 2012 Olympics? That's I mean, ten years out of date. <laughs> I mean, I could have I could have said Beijing, but like because Beijing was incredible, like that. that Beijing one. was, but, yeah. But um, you know, like. Like I wanted to give the give the British cred, you know they don't get credit <laughs> for much these days. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so I also guess we should have, have a proper YouTuber moment. Uh, you Go can on. put the links down below in the description afterwards. Oh Nick. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'll I'll thumbnail. I'll I'll timestamp everything. So like what we're talking about and everything. It won't just say like I, at the moment just says welcome. I'll. Uh, I'll timestamp everything so you can skip to the right bits in the podcast that you want. And if you're listening to it on Spotify or whatever, you can jump to it in your podcast uh, and, and find it relevant. Because no one wants to hear us. Yeah, no one wants to hear us rambling about, like, you know, 2012 Olympics when they can go straight to the nitty-gritty gossip of us saying that, you know, a certain team's going out in the first round or whatever. So, um, I was going to say that the slight... The slight problem with doing links uh, now that you've explained how you're going to do it, but I was going to say the slight problem is that how do you do that for audio listeners? So we just sit here and go, if you want to watch the live stream, go to www.youtube.com slash WXYZ hyphen asterisk. That's the capital S. Forward slash greater than symbol lowercase m c z. That's S for Sierra. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> we yeah, and we never get sidetracked. Um, <laughs> you spend half the podcast doing a link. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so hey, right. going good, right? Yeah, let's go. Let's go talk about the groups then. Um, I've realised I've got the wrong thing set up, so that's going to be a great start. So spoilers, you're going to see our predictions <laughs> while I quickly change the graphic. Don't look. Cover it up. Oh no. You're Wrong side. <laughs> Hide it. This is going to sound right. amazing for our audio. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, it's, it's fine. Oh, they didn't I've see changed it. the wrong thing. Changed the wrong thing. Damn it. For those of you listening at home and not watching it, currently Nick is completely fucking up everything. <laughs> yeah. Hours of preparation into All it. Right. So for, for, for our audio listeners, what we currently have on the screen right now is the men's pools for the table. If you want like a really, really like vivid description of what it is, uh, go follow Catching Out on Instagram and Facebook because I've already posted them on there um, and you can go see what they're looking at. So first of all, we've got pool A. Um, so first thing to note uh, with, uh, yeah, with, with, the, with the pools and how they've been done. Uh, is Netherlands have been put in pool A for all of them as they are the host nation. Um, so that's how that will work on all in in men's, women's and mixed. You'll see them in pool A. And then there is uh, basically baskets um, or it was literal baskets when they did the video um, mm. for seeding. So everyone's grouped into uh, pools of four. So 
in the first one it was uh, uh, second, third, second, third, and fourth, or first, second, and third in this instance because uh, Austria. Um, and then they just pulled them out of the hat. If you do want to go see and the full explanation, doing much better than I did because I'm terrible at this stuff. Go watch the Netherlands video on on, on where they did the draw uh, the, the draw for this. I think it was it's only like ten minutes long, so yeah, it's not it's long. But they did a, they did a really good job of explaining like how they were doing it and how the seeding had been done and stuff like that. So, but essentially, each position there are four positions, right? So each position had a basket and they just pulled it out of the basket based on the seedings. So Netherlands had been taken out of that system because they'd just been put in pool A. Um, and then the first positions for pool B, C and D were ba uh, made up of England, Northern Ireland and Austria. And then second, third and fourth uh, place for each pool were based on the next four seeds. So after third place, it would have been Scotland um, in fourth, with the fourth seed. And then they were in a basket with fifth, sixth and seventh. And then they were pulled out of the hat to see whether they're in A, B, C. So the, and the, that left us with these groups. So for audio listeners, Pool A, Netherlands, Scotland, Switzerland, and Hungary, who are ranked 12th, 4th, 11th, and 17th, respectively. Um, do we want to go through this pool first, or like, do we want to just go through all of them? Go through all of them, then go we'll through all of them. Okay. So that's, that's Pool A. Pool B, uh, England ranked 2, or seeded 2nd. Uh, Sweden seeded fifth, Wales seeded ninth, and Croatia seeded fourteenth. Uh, Croatia, just going to give them a bit of uh, like note. They are they've entered a men's and a women's team, I think, but not a mixed team. Um, um, men's and, and mixed, not women's. It's, yes, uh, Hungary, Hungary that's that have done a men's, men's and women's, and women's not mixed. Yeah, so in pool A, Hungary have done uh, men's and women's, but not mixed, and Croatia have done men's and mixed. Um, <laughs> In Pool C, we've got Northern Ireland, 3rd seed, Ireland, 7th seed, uh, France, 10th seed, and Spain, 19th seed. Um, this is Spain's first time with a men's team in Euros after fielding a mixed team last time. Um, they also appeared at the French Open as well in, in Paris, so uh, it'll be cool to see how they do. Uh, they definitely seem to properly embrace the sport as well. I've loved their social media um, and how much they've been getting on with it, so I'm genuinely excited to see how they do in that group. And in Pool D, we've got Austria seed one, Italy seed six, Czechia seed eight. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Czechia, not Czech Republic these days, but yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. And Belgium. Apparently both eight. are correct. Cool. Well, yeah. Um, Czechia is easier to fit on a, on a graphic, so um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, I'll go with that. And then Belgium in 18th. So first look, what do people think? I mean, I think... Gros. Yeah. Colin, go ahead. Um, I'm really excited to see how uh, Group B and Group C are the ones I've really got my eyes on. Um, especially for what Zoe's told me about the France team. Um, it's definitely not going to be two clear winners coming out of it. Um, Pule with the uh, Netherlands... With, because the home nation got into the top seedings, it's made that a really interesting group, uh, especially if you see how tight Switzerland and Netherlands are being 11th and 12th seed. It's going to be a real close battle to see who gets through. Um, and I think Scotland have quite a few changes since the last time they played, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how you know they'll compare against other teams. Um, but yeah, it looks like a really interesting draw. It should be a really good um, group stage for the Euros. 
uh, from my standpoint, I think this is going to be a, a trend for a lot of what I'm going to say with the other pools as well, but Switzerland have massively lucked out here. Uh, second seed in pool A, and yet in any other group, we would be third seed uh, with that ranking. Um, but we're, you know, the, the idea of being second highest seed in a group and you're 11th overall is quite, <laughs> that, that, that tells you something about the, you know, there's a slight imbalance there with the, the seeding. Um, and like you said, Scotland's not the same Scotland as it used to be. I think the general worry that some people have is that it might be a slightly weaker Scotland. Obviously, I hope that they prove us wrong on that. But if that is the case, then that means that is actually quite a, a nice, easy group overall. Um, but that does mean as well that easy. any one of those teams... Yeah, easy. These are, these are high-level dodgeballers in all cases. Um, but that means... Basically, anyone could come anywhere within that group. I think that's the hardest group to predict. Hungary have been training the most over COVID, I think. Maybe Spain as well, because of all their outdoor dodgeball, which is something that we obviously didn't do in the UK. Switzerland didn't yeah. do it either. So Hungary and, and Spain might be the ones coming into this competition with the most recent experience under their belts, which means that 17 seeding next to Hungary isn't probably very fair to them either. The four next to Scotland isn't very fair. So basically, everyone's kind of in the same mushy middle bit for Pool A. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with you. I think Pool C is, is going to be interesting, mostly because France, I think, throws a spanner in the works. Pool D could be really, really interesting because Italy and Austria are both, you know, they, I mean, Italy's been there since the beginning. Austria's been there since the second year. Um, and Czechia is a new country coming in, relatively new, um, but has only it's been going from strength to strength in the last few years. Like if you look at that trajectory, they've been going up and up. And especially if you start taking into consideration Central European Championships. So the last international event right before COVID was the CECs in Lausanne in Switzerland. Um, and Czechia did really, really well in that, in, in all of its categories. So that's kind of the most recent indication we've got as far as how some of these countries will do, as far as the, the Central European half of the nations does. Um, and I think that means that's a pretty good indication that Czechia might actually manage to to topple one of those two other teams, Austria or Italy, and, and nab that second spot, which would be really, really exciting. It would be very bizarre to not see Italy or Austria in uh, quarterfinals. Yeah, I think like Paul A and B, I think we said Paul A is going to be a scrap. I think it's going to be... Uh, there. It's, it's going to be a, like a grueling fight to try and get out of that group, I think. It's it's anyone's to take in my my opinion. I think um, you know you were saying that you think Switzerland have looked out. I think uh, another team feeling that they've looked out in all the draws is Scotland, um, mm. because because of Netherlands being put uh, put in as pull eight every time. Scotland uh, could have had a really rough time because they have been pushed out of that first seed uh, selection because they are fourth seeded. Um, but they seem to have looked out pretty well here, uh, being the, the highest-seeded team in Pool A. Pool C as well, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think France, uh, they could be do some uh, bring out some surprises. I think Spain is, will as well. We've had a, we've had a, you know, a glimpse of what Spain can do. Um, it's going to be a test for Northern Ireland to see where they are at after COVID as well. Obviously, they did uh, some great stuff before in 2019, but we'll see, we'll see where they're at now. And Pool D, like... Like I say, I you know I think Austria v Italy is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a close one. I think Austria will win it, but I don't think it will be a smooth sail for them. I think it will be a close game. I think Czechia and Italy, if if the CEC like you say is anything to go by, that that could be anyone's game. Um, 
and yeah, let's um, you know, I, I hope I hope Belgium as well. Like I hope they come out and have, have a good time and 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 show us that they're capable of fighting for a spot as well. Um, mm. Pool B is it's not set in stone. I think that that Wales Sweden one is going to be a tough one. Um, that that's fight this fight. I find it hard to see England not finishing top of that uh, group. But Sweden, that Sweden Wales fight is going to be an interesting one, uh, and we'll see Definitely. see how that ends up. Yeah, all, at the end of the day, I think all of them are pretty, like you know, open in a sense. I think the top seed is set for like you can kind of say that the top seed is pretty much guaranteed for some of them, but that second spot is is all over the place. Like who who knows really? Um, you never know. I, you could see a few of those groups going down to set difference as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, absolutely. Exactly. Like every every single match, it will probably count. Like in terms of, even if you've got a you know quote unquote you know game where you're favorite, you still have to try and win by as many sets as possible. Like you have to go as hard as possible in every single game. Um, yep. so it makes it makes every game really really interesting because whenever you get those really tight ones, like you know, for example, you're talking about Wales versus Sweden, that could come down to how many sets you know. That be have to be Croatia by, um, it's it's, it's going to be a really interesting year, as I think for the for the men's category for sure. And and in terms of how seeding and stuff stuff goes for going into the quarterfinals, from what we can work, well, what what they've uh, released, it's it's really crazy and kind of interesting. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's just interesting how it works out. So basically, winner of A plays um, runner up of B, winner of B plays runner up of A. Winner of C plays runner up of D. Winner of D plays uh, runner up of C. But then it mixes up on where those are in uh, in, in the side of the pool. So uh, the winner of A versus the uh, runner up of B will be on the same side as I think the winner of D and the runner up of C. I can't remember, but it basically mixes it up yeah, it as you switches. go along. Yeah, so it switches over. I will show show how our predictions break down later, and you'll see how they they go up. But it does it does lead to some really interesting results, and maybe some surprise semi final uh, positions for some teams uh, as we we're predicting, and maybe even uh, you know we'll see how that impacts the final. But yeah, let's move on to move on to women's. Um, let me just grab the graphic, if I remember where I put it. <laughs> it never. For well, those of you listening at home, Nick is still fucking up on the graphic. <laughs> Oh, I've done the same thing again, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, also, get, can we all appreciate how, um, for the audio listeners, just won't be able to see this, but on, yeah. on the video recording, he's put us in the outbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a cheeky wee shit. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're all terrible at dodgeball. That's why we're talking about dodgeball and not playing it. <laughs> I mean, I can't, can't really talk because obviously Zoe's actually going to be playing at the Euros. But, I'm like, um, you idiots. I'm actually going to Euros. Yeah. Wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said the podcast. Why not talk about it if you can't play that well? <laughs> um, I just cry internally. <laughs> um, okay, so onto the women's, right? So the way this works, we've got 15 teams. So we didn't quite have 16 to round out for four groups of four. So we've got five groups, three groups of five. I'll get that right. 
Um, which means that the top two of every group will be going through, and then the two best third places will also be going through. So every game matters, like because if we thought trying to fight for second place in a group of four is going to be difficult, finding out your third best third place is going to be a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Going through the groups, for our audio listeners, Pool A, we've got Netherlands, as we said, they're in the Pool A for everything. So Netherlands, rank seeded 9, Northern Ireland seeded 4th, Scotland seeded 6th, Switzerland seeded 12th, Spain seeded 16th. Pool B, Austria seeded 1, Italy seeded 3, Ireland seeded 7, Sweden seeded 10, and Hungary seeded 16. Pool C, England seeded 2, Wales seeded 5, Czechia seeded 8, France seeded 11, and Belgium seeded 14th. The reason that Spain and Hungary both have the same seed, just to explain, is because they neither of them have played women's before, so they both don't have a ranking. So oh, you are. wouldn't let me take the piss out of you first before you explain it. That's just rude. <laughs> uh, it's, I'd already thought he's about seen, it. I've got it in my notes. He's smirking. He's I'm like, prepared. right before Colin steps in. It's like, yeah, mate, right, mate, okay. mate, mate, you fucked up. You posted that on our Instagram and everything, and you fucked up. <laughs> nah, I, I know, I, I know. Sometimes what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, um, they're the groups. Again, some interesting, some interesting groups. Obviously, who knows who's going to be finishing first in some of these. Um, but yeah, thoughts, I guess. Should I go first? Yeah, I'm go a on. Woman. Seems, I can speak about women's. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, same as I said before, and same as I'll say next time. Switzerland, I think, have really lucked out. Um, our group chat. We were very excited when we saw the draw happen. Um, it's just quite a nice group relatively speaking we are fourth seeded within that group so northern ireland netherlands and scotland ranked above us spain's ranked beneath us through default um and that's because we came dead last last time so of course we've got a terrible terrible seeding um but looking at that all that means from my point of view as a women's player for switzerland is you know we if we can cause a little bit of an upset against one of those teams and we definitely can we nearly beat netherlands last time um then you know, that puts us in a solid position to hit third place. And if we do, if we can try and not lose by too much, if we can try and do well in the, the matches where we lose, as well as the matches where we win, then then that, you know, first and second ranked third place team position could be ours, uh, which is really exciting for Switzerland. I don't think the women's team has ever made it out of the group stages. I'm not actually sure if any of the teams have made it out of the group stages. I don't know Swiss Swiss history that well, but um, I would hazard that it, if we have, it was a very long time ago now. Um, so yeah, it would be really exciting for us to try and get out of that group stage. For the other groups, um, I think it's going to be messy. When we were trying to put our predictions down on paper, I kept coming back to this whole rock, paper, scissors situation where, you know, I look at this and I'm, you know, I look at Paul B and I'm like, okay, I reckon Austria will probably top that group, but Italy, Ireland, Sweden, I can, I can see, you know, Italy beating Ireland, Ireland beating Sweden, Sweden beating Italy, or some, you know, some variation on that where they're all beating each other in a circle, yeah. which is going to be a nightmare when it comes to that third placing. Um, I can also see Hungary doing some damage. Hungary, uh, or at least not the Hungarian national team, but the Budapest Pirates, which is essentially the Hungarian national team, uh, most of them play for that club, uh, were at the Paris Open, and their women were very, very good. I think they made it all the way to the finals or the semifinals. Um, oh. But they, they were very impressive. They were, you know, considering that's a team that, that is new to the Euros, I think that they'll actually do some serious damage. 
Um, I think some of them have some handballing experience, which is always the, the trick with new teams. If you can identify how many of them are handballers, you'll know which ones are the terrifying ones on court with the really powerful throws. That, that really does you a lot of good in your first few years as a national team if you get handball players on. Um, as Aidan Woodall would know for England. Uh, and then Paul C, we've got, yeah, England. I mean, it's tempting to say that they'll easily top that group. Same as I said for Austria, I think they'll top their group. But then that second and third place, who knows? Wales, Czechia, France beat each other in a circle. France, impossible to hit out. They're really, really good catchers, all of those girls. They're about 17 to 19 years old, all of them. I mean, there's like four or so older people, but most of them are these young girls who all play for the Decom, and they are infuriatingly good catchers. Uh, their throws aren't particularly powerful, but their catching is incredible, which means that against a team like Czechia, I think that they'll probably do well. Against Wales, I think they'll struggle a bit more because I think Wales will catch them. Um, but then I can see Czechia beating Wales. So it just ends up in this little loop-de-loop. Um, and who, and who knows what Belgium well. can do, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, if anyone thinks that they can predict women's dodgeball ever, then uh, you're wrong. And that applies to Euros as well as, as Women's Super League. <laughs> I think it's all just a mess and there'll be some really bizarre results that surprise everyone, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, in terms of Poulet, I... It's re- it's, it'll be really interesting until you see kind of how the lineups look for all the squads on, on the day. Um, it could go it could go anyway. I'm really curious to see how Netherlands um, play against the likes of Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Switzerland, because um, I think any three of them four could go through um easily you know especially after having a chat with zoe about how switzerland switzerland have been preparing for for euros recently in terms of pool b i know ireland have quite a few new women um playing this year um i think something like three or four women are debuting some of them have played for northern arm previously so they'll have international experience um so that's actually for me that's a really interesting group because if those women can gel as a fairly new squad together quite well. I could see them giving Italy and Sweden some really good games. Um Sweden, um whenever I remember whenever I was refing them in Newcastle, um they played some absolutely fantastic dodgeball and got fairly unlucky in some of their games. Um because they tended to go up in a lot of sets and then struggled to hold on to the lead. So if they can kind of take the experience with them into this Attorney, you could see them, you know, basing the seedings causing an upset. Um, but and yeah, looking to pull C, England should go through. You know, you never know with the Wales women. They've they've played some impressive dodgeball over the years. Um, check yeah again some strong strong female players. Um, always seem to be getting better and better with each tournament that they turn up. Um. And, you know, after listening to Zoe talk about France, um, I'm really worried about my predictions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... Because of how the, you know, the rankings work in terms of how you progress in the knockouts, it makes every match majorly important for pretty much every team in the group. And based on the scenes, you're probably going to see a couple of upsets. And you'd love to, it'd be brilliant if you've seen kind of that like triangle of um, victories happen in all three groups. I'd lo- 
it, somebody would like, be absolutely hating the world whatever they lose it on set difference um but it would just make for some fantastic drama going into the into the knockout stages wouldn't it um yeah. but yeah this this format is definitely cruel but very exciting <laughs> yeah it is, it is i mean if you thought everyone well everyone was running around like headless chickens trying to find the spreadsheet for women's super league I think everyone's going to be looking for that spreadsheet <laughs> this time. Like whoever's that, there that with Friday, that. five PM on the Friday. I guarantee all of the women and all the next players are going to be sat like in little groups trying to work out what the hell has happened with yep. the final results. So, so, so if we if we can all yeah if we can all agree right if someone if we all meet at like Friday at like I don't know six PM on the YouTube primary channel and we just all like agree that one person is going to upload the spreadsheet to the YouTube chat so we can all figure out who's going to be going well, through. I'm, I'm going to be at home, so I guess that's going to yeah, be... Go on, go on. Take, take <laughs> off the team. That would be much appreciated. It's going to be... But in, ter- in terms of my, my, my thoughts, I think, yeah, you, you've covered it all. I, th- I think what's going to be really interesting is Paul B, Austria, Italy. I think that's going to be a big game. Uh, having first and third seed in the same group is going to be fun. And if that causes an upset, especially with Ireland and Sweden there looking to, to, to take any opportunity they can, I, I could really mix up the seedings. Um, and also, as, as we'll go on to, with the fact that this is based on top two and then the best third places, two best third places go through, the way that you work out who you're playing is going to be based on what you position. So it's not just about finishing top of your group, it's about finishing top of your group well, because you'll be, then be playing uh, the worst third place. At least that's what we can work out from the uh, from, from the timeline. That's, that's, that's our first prediction. Yeah, so <laughs> our, fir- our first prediction is going to be how the quarterfinals are drawn for the women's and Knicks, because we're not 100% sure... We have a theory, and we're going to stick with it. If we're wrong, don't hate us. It's just a prediction. You know, we're here for a bit of a chat. Um, but hey, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, I'll explain a bit more of the logic on that when we get to the predictions. But um, yes, yeah, sir. women's is going to be interesting. Um, and I think, you know, the big like bogey factor in all of this is, is we're coming back from COVID. Um, we haven't seen other international teams for a long time. The only thing that we had an opportunity was really was the people who went over to the Paris Open, and yep, this this person up here. Um, <laughs> that's me. That, for those of you listening, yeah, that's 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 Zoe. Zoe's just dancing away because she got to go to Paris. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so for the rest of us who haven't seen other international teams, and even then, the Paris Open, we only saw we saw Hungary and Spain realistically we have no idea where everyone else is so this could be these seedings could be well off and this could be a hectic tournament um which is exciting and also scary um but hey uh, especially as we're making full-blown predictions in all of this yes <laughs> yes definitely. we're gonna look like such idiots in a minute <laughs> i know, gonna absolutely I know. end this podcast before so say so for those of you that like met us while we're at the euros and didn't know we had a podcast and did a euros prediction and are now catching up and are going straight <laughs> on to the second episode which dissects the euros you're gonna be laughing your heads off at how wrong we are but hey that's what we're here for because at least we can have a laugh doing it um so yeah finally mixed pool um so this is this is the final mix um right i'm gonna i'm gonna talk first time this this time um i guess i should go through all the pools first um 
but yeah, for the for the audio listeners, uh, Pool A, you've got Netherlands seeded tenth, Scotland seeded three third, uh, France seeded eighth, Switzerland thirteenth, and Belgium fifteenth. Zoe, are you in the same group for with Belgium for everything? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. No, also, uh, you I guys guess. are gonna be best. Or is it, or is it Spain? It's that we're with. Uh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. Uh, we we have some nice groups. Oh no! Oh, you we got don't, you got hungry. You've got hungry for the men's, and you've got yeah, you got Belgium. So for for women's and mixed, um, pool A is where you want to get your chocolate from. Um, that, that's that's the answer. Uh, they're the people who've got all the good chocolate. So uh, I mean, yeah. you joke, but it is a thing at Euros uh, for those who who haven't been before that teams exchange gifts when you're doing your sort of line up you shake hands and and you hand over a gift sometimes it's just one gift between captains last time the the netherlands gave all of us like little key rings with clogs on them it was very very cute that's cool. um I and switzerland usually oh. do chocolate. yeah so instead of like the flag swapping you do an actual gift yeah i yeah. like that i like that I think I think we should start like making it like every team should bring their own um, like national dodgeball and everyone swaps a national dodgeball. No, then... I don't. Nether- the Netherlands like um, brought like the uh, you know like well the footballers exchange. I don't know what the they're banners. called. Like yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. They brought that to. Um, I think it was the first ever tournament in Glasgow. That they brought them. Well. That was really I mean, that was really cool because Rob Curtin still has his. And I, I think they're. If really we cool. if we can get to the point that. where we have like printed dodgeballs where, like, it's the national team and it has the match on it, like. So that would last be... time, in Newcastle, England sort of did that, not to that same level, but they brought junior dodgeballs that were printed England Lions colours, so so white and yeah. red, with the little the flag on the side, and they gave one of those to each captain, I think. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, one of those, but a mini version. Junior version. Yeah, I, think, I mean, better, it looks kind of mini in the distance. Mini. Like, yeah, look, look how Very tiny cute. it is. Just <laughs> yeah, next, next forehead's actually ten inches. I just cry a little bit time. Um, did I? So yeah, I didn't get past Paul A, did I? So anyway, Paul B. <laughs> Paul B. England seeded t- uh, second, Italy fifth, Czechia ninth, Sweden eleventh, and Croatia eighteenth. Paul C. Austria first, Northern 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 Ireland fourth, Wales sixth. Ireland 12th and Spain 16 16th so you okay it's been it's been long days it's I'm dying a... over naughty island <laughs> yeah um Northern Ireland and Ireland are gonna have have some you know some battles because they're in the same groups in in men's and in mixed not uh, but not women's so that's gonna be an interesting one I think historically um, yes they have had lots of battles yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, uh, it's going to be it's going to be some. some I'm not cool going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably probably a wise one. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that Pool C is the group of death. I think I think that's. I, I think that's a very fair. I think Ireland comment. and Spain are going to have a rough time. If if I'm to be honest, I think the Welsh mixed team are going to be pretty good. The Northern Irish and the Austrian team are. If those three, if those three don't come out of the group, um, it's gonna be because I imagine Wales have been beaten quite heavily by Austria and Northern Ireland, meaning that they don't get best third place. So it really comes down to how well Wales can 
can stand up to Austria and Northern Ireland, in my opinion, or absolutely hammer Ireland and Spain. It's going to be um, an interesting one because historically Ireland have kind of put their new players into mixed. If they, I know, I know before um, COVID hit, they're kind of changing that up a little, and they're trying to put the best, um, some of the best men and women for mixed kind of in the team together. If they do that, they actually have some really strong women and men that if they can, you know, gel together on court quite well, I think they can give Northern Ireland and Wales a really good game. Um, I know in the seeding it looks like they're, you know, having a big battle, which, you know, they definitely are because Northern Ireland and Wales have really strong squads going into this Euros. But I kind of back them to potentially upset one of those teams, you know. Especially as a, a lot of the Ireland player, Ireland players will know the Northern Irish squads quite well. Like they'll have all played at a club level against each other for a long time. So it's definitely the group of death, but I it's going to have some really interesting games. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, one thing I did realize, um, I've just looked through it, is that yeah, as we were saying, that Switzerland think they've had a good group, and Scotland think they've had a good group. That you're in the same group for everything. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was mentioned that Netherlands, Scotland, and Switzerland in the same group for all three. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. So that's so if if we think like Paul C is the group of death because you, you're going to have some hard matches. I think Paul A is going to be the one where whoever finishes fourth is going to feel hard done by. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because I reckon they probably, if if you had a playoff between them and one of the other third places, they might they might win. And I think yeah. that's going to be a really, really tough time. Um, but because everyone could be beating each other, that also means that third place also might not get through, depending on how clear cut the third yeah. places on the other ones are. Because even if you if you if you have the logic of you lose in if you're third place and you lose to the two teams above you narrowly, but then you hammer the teams below you, you've got a really good set difference. You're a great third place. But if you're beating everyone, you might not even have the points, let alone the set difference to to be in the right it's place the, it's so. the thing about this format right where it's it makes it really interesting for the neutral watching like how everything kind of plays out like it creates really great drama but as a player you like to be going out because basically of how kind of the draw fell out of out of your favor is gotta be heart-wrenching you know um yeah. but it should, it should be... make for some really good dodgeball at least it would be really upsetting as well to see only two countries go through out of Pool C if it happens to fall that way. If they end up being the group that's got the lowest ranked third place team, then you can imagine only two countries going through out Austria, Northern Ireland, Wales, Ireland and Spain. That is, that's some real powerhouses mm. you're kicking out incredibly early Absolutely. in the competition. Yeah, and my prediction is you are going to see three coming out of Pool B. I think they are probably going to be the second like it, it depends on how Paul C lands. I think I think Paul B are pretty solid. Whoever finishes third is going to finish like comfortably third, and it's it, they're going to finish either first or second best third. It just depends on how Paul A and Paul B C fall in terms it's, of set the, difference. With the thing whether they is, finish first or second. In all in all three pools, all it takes is one draw to put everybody on the back foot. That's all yeah, it takes, and it, it throws everything into chaos. Like. This is the thing whenever it came to predictions, like if you think there's a potential for a draw, like I Northern Ireland versus Wales screams potential for a draw. It screams a really tight game. Mm. Um and all it takes is them drawing and 
I, I, I don't even know whether that's like a benefit whenever you're third because you obviously haven't taken the loss or it kind of puts you in more turmoil because you could be missing out on second place because of set difference and then missing out on third also because of set difference essentially like yeah. that's, it's, think, it's, a, it's a bit of a mind boggle i think that like another one that screams a jaw is czechia sweden i think that yeah that was, that that's gonna be another a really tight game i was gonna say yeah. if you if you only have time to watch two pools of uh dodgeball in mix then watch pool a and pool c and then i was like actually the czechia sweden game looks it looks like a cracker yeah that'd be a great one to go and watch so um at the end of the day, there's no excuse to not watch any of this dodgeball because it's going to be bloody fantastic. Like yeah. Some of these games that are lined up are genuinely really exciting. And with the way that the format has fold, uh, like fallen and the, the pools have fallen, every game is going to be fascinating. Like It's going to mean so much from the get-go that you can't have a slow start this Euros. There's no, there's no like, excuse at, for having a slow start. You look at Poulet and every single game has a massive like difference that could be made like there could easily be a merry-go-round of wins for netherlands france and switzerland which could have a massive impact on all of them yeah um, yeah. yeah i mean i would include belgium even yeah, in I, was, that. Like, I was gonna I, say belgium i honestly don't bad. think i could predict any of those matches in pool a having seen how switzerland makes the training at the moment i don't know how we're going to do against any of those teams i can see us beating scotland i can see us losing to belgium i can see anything happening really um yeah, i can 100 percent see france beating scotland but i can also see something weird happening and, and us beating france and it, it just goes all it goes really weird like, as soon as they could they could be there could be a scenario right where you see france beating scotland switzerland beating france and belgium beating switzerland hundred percent, I can see that. And and that's that's not out of the realm of possibility, I don't think. And that's one of the beautiful things about dodgeball is because because of the way the scoring system works, right? If you're if you're slow off the mark, right, and you you don't if you let some slip, uh, set slip, especially when it's a knockout tournament, you have to fight to get back. We we've seen it in games before, right? Where if it if a team starts slacking off at the beginning and they didn't have a good enough start, they have to throw themselves out there to try and get sets back. And in doing so, they make themselves more vulnerable to lose more sets. It's, you always it's... have a, a team mathematician who's told you exactly how many sets you need to win your next game by, and you're sat there with like a score line going through your head. You're like, we have to win 22-4 at very least, that kind of thing. And yeah. you just push so hard. Literally, like everyone just becomes like that meme of the the per like the person looking at yeah. the distance with numbers just going everywhere <laughs> because you're you've got like the calculations of how much you need to win by, and then basically everyone like correct me if I'm wrong, but most people's calling system is in numbers as well, right? Yeah. And then you've got <laughs> then you've got scores to think about, then you've got time left to think about, and then you've got set match clock, you've got two clocks to think about. Everyone like is just amazing with numbers at that point. That is that is what will happen. It's um, really not surprising why so many engineers play dodgeball. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is sick. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. Are you ready? Shall we go on to our actual predictions now? Shall, shall we do it. Right. Let's see if I can get. Oh, no, this I'm gonna do this is where I'm not predictions anymore. <laughs> My prediction is Nick's gonna fuck up the graphic. <laughs> Fuck you, I got it right. Uh, <laughs> I think this is the only one he was going to get right. <laughs> after, after I realized what I was doing wrong before, I finally figured it out. But hey. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously we've got three different uh, competitions to go through and three different people's predictions. So to try and like speed it all up, I've put 
all of our predictions on one graphic. Sorry if you currently see it. I'm going to upload them, like all of our predictions individually onto uh, social media after we're done with this. So you can let us know what your thoughts are on our predictions and how utterly wrong we are. And then also <laughs> when we're so totally wrong in Euros, you can come say it to our face if you if you want as well. So um, I'm calling um, it out. I'm, I'm, hide, I'm hiding away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fly to Manchester to go see Colin and uh, go and, go and out him. Um or just turn up to nationals. Just turn up to nationals and be like, "Come, you're wrong." <laughs> uh, uh. So, yeah, let's let's go let's go through them slightly. Um, so uh, I need to bring it up so I can see it because it's too small for me. Um, so well, you guys have put the same <laughs> Yeah. So I think through through all of them, um, we had the same. Every no, single I've put one of down France way, right? instead of uh, instead of Ireland. I put down France. Yes. So but otherwise, I've agreed with you. Yeah. So okay. Explaining how the seeding worked. It right. So on one half of the draw, you've got um, the Group A in uh, first place against Group B second place, and then the um, the winner of that game will play the winner of the Group C first place and Group D second place. Um, and then on the other side of the draw, you'll have Group B first place against group a second place and group d uh the winner of that game will play the winner of group d first place and group c second place which was all going to sound like garble but what it means in all of our predictions it means england and austria end up on the same side of the draw which means that that big game that we're talking about is gonna happen in the semi-final to all of our predictions so that semi-final which will be semi-final two in men's we're expecting to be a big one in terms of England v Austria, um, obviously England and Austria didn't play at the last uh, Euros, if I'm correct, because uh, they were in different groups and they didn't play each other in the knockouts. So it has been a while since they played, and I'm looking forward to see you know who's going to end up on top. Um, but anyway, who we've got going through is from Group A, we've got Scotland in first and Switzerland second. Uh, all of us are predicting Switzerland uh, to to get out of the group. Above, get in there. above, I can't remember who they would be above. Uh, above Hungary uh, and Netherlands. Netherlands, Netherlands yeah, yeah, Hungary yeah, and Netherlands, it. right? So we are the second seed in that group. Are um, the second seed, which is, yeah, yeah, which is a bit weird. It's the um, one where we're very, very low seed, but we're the second seed, which is very exciting for Switzerland. Because like I said, we don't tend to do particularly well. We don't tend to get out the group stages. So this, the fact that with favourites to get out of the group stages is very unique for Switzerland. Very exciting. Does mean we're going to get immediately thrashed in the first round, though. But... Well, yeah, we've got you going against England. That's going to be a fun one yeah. for you. Um, <laughs> so good luck in that one uh, for the for the Swiss men. Is what our prediction is. Um, and then from Group B, we've got um. Who we got? So England, we've got England, Wales. England winning and Wales coming second, which means that Sweden and Croatia don't make it out. So we're Sweden, who are second seed in that group. Every single one of us are expecting Wales to overcome them. Um, so that's the first first big scalp. I'm I'm, I'm going to go say explain yourself, Colin. Why? <laughs> what has Sweden done to you? They've done nothing to me. I have a lot of respect for the Swedish men team. Like. They've always come with a strong squad and played some very, um, very good dodgeball. Um, I think they might have actually been the very first match ever refereed on the international stage. I've got to see them up close and play against them. But 
Having played against a lot of the wheel squad at Nationals, I know how strong of a side they are. Um, and I just think with the kind of players that they've got, I'd struggle to see many teams being able to beat them. And I think they'll just be too strong for Sweden. I could even see them giving England a, a really good game, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just think Wales have a bit more about them than what I predict the Swedish squad to do. This is the thing, right? I've, I've no idea whether Sweden will have gotten miles better since the last time we've seen them, or you know they've got a lot of new players coming over. Um, so this is a pure shot in the dark, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I just, I just look at that Wales squad and I see a really strong squad that'll be really difficult to beat. Yeah. I, so one thing I'm going to plug at this point is um, there is one team that we know, international team in Europe, we know exists and will be competing in Edmonton, which is the World Cup, um, but aren't here. Um, and that's Norway. Um, they have a team. Uh, it, is a, it is a cool, interesting team. If you go on their YouTube channel, really interesting group and how they formed. Really great story. Um, and kind of what we like to see in Dodgeball, to be honest, because it is... It's, what dodgeball's founded off really is people having a good time and, and finding a way to play um and the only reason i mention that is because the as a warm-up for them to like understand international rules they had sweden come over and teach them um so that does mean sweden that. have been active in in the international space we do know mm -hmm. that it's not just been local so that's that's a good sign is it beating wales sign um I think for me, I don't think so. I think Wales are looking strong, um, just from what I know. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Wales do, to be honest. Um, as you can see, I've got them winning against Scotland as well. Um, I think Wales are a really strong force this time, and the men's, I think they're going to do well. I think they could go far. Um, if this prediction ends up right, I think that Wales-Northern Ireland game as well could be tight. Um, so I haven't predicted it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Wales make a full run. Um, yeah. but I think that's just, that's just the state of the dodgeball at the moment. What, how about you? How about you? So why do you think Wales are going to be able to, uh, finish by Sweden? Yeah. I mean, like you've been saying, I think Wales have a really strong team. They've sort of changed up some of their lineups and I think for the better for the men's, uh, for the women's, I would be a little bit more cautious with what I say, but for the men's, it does look as if it's a really, you know, some really, really strong players that they're bringing in. Um, and some very interesting skill sets within those players as well. Like the players that I've played with from that Welsh squad, like Dan Brown, um, are just really interesting players. They're not just like, you know, like I think there's there's a very, there's a very standard type of good dodgeballer that I can think of. And it's, it's sort of a good dodgeball you see Meteors play or Spartans play. It's a very structured, very, you know, tall man, big shoulders, long arms. Um, and I don't think the Welsh squad really is that, but I think that that's to their benefit. I think they can be super springy and unpredictable and really just fascinating characters. A really good mix of players, a really interesting mishmash, which, like you say, I think they could actually go really far. I haven't put it in, put them down as going really far because I also think Scotland have done very well with their selections. But um, yeah, I can see both of those teams doing really, really well. Both of those home nations doing a lot better than they're perhaps seeded to do. Or, or been predicted to do. Mm. So and we got. Sweden, yeah, I don't really know Sweden very well, which is a shame. 
um, but they don't really have, I think with COVID, then we, we obviously can't travel anymore. And so that meant that everyone was super restricted to who they could play against. And Sweden could only play within Sweden. Um, and now obviously they can play against the new Norwegian side, but it's quite limited. It's quite a small club scene. And I do think that that has an impact. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, full caveat. We all play in the England uh, dodgeball. Yeah. So we have seen uh, most of these players play with Wales. Both their Welsh teams have been, club teams have been in the uh, English leagues this year. Uh, So we have seen most of the Welsh players play. Uh, So we are going to be slightly, not even slightly, we are going to be biased towards the home nations. Um, Not even going to hold that back. But it's it's based on what we see. And, you know, seedings also have an implication as well, I guess, to, to a certain extent. Yeah. So, But anyway, um, on to the groups that we actually differ on in how it's going to end. Um, both Colm and I have uh, Group C, Northern Ireland topping it, with um, Ireland coming second. Pool C has Northern Ireland's Ireland, France and Spain. And uh, Zoe's said that France men's French team are going to uh, topple the Irish team. So Zoe's, Zoe's dead to me. Sorry. I was going to say, I have put this prediction down purely to test one call. That um, sounds about right. <laughs> no, I think the French team are very good. I actually really, I can't remember what I put down for the mixed one, but I do think that France, especially in mix, are going to do incredibly well. But for the men, I think the big difference between them and Ireland, um, to me, is going to be just the way that France uses the, you know, the, the middle area, the neutral zone. When we were playing against them in Paris, a lot of the club teams really utilize that extra space within the neutral zone really well. They're very, very good at doing uh, suicides. I can't remember what the other name is. It's really going to bother me every leap single time. Leap yeah, Leap of yeah. Thank you. Much, it's a much better name that than suicides because it makes some people sort of shrivel up a bit every time you call them suicides. Leap of Faith. Um, France are very, very good at them. They did them a lot against us uh, when we were playing them as Warwick and they were very effective. Um, so I think that's something that actually... I think little things like that and just being so used to European dodgeball style and, and that incredibly rapid style that they play in France, I think could be the difference between them and Ireland. That being said, I don't know the Irish team as well as, as you guys do, as Colm does especially. So I might be slightly biased, weirdly for once, you know, I might actually know the French team better than the Irish team, uh, even yeah. though you would go the other way most of the time. I'm going to hold my hand up and say it was coin flip for me. Um... Yeah. I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, so keep an eye on that one in the group stages. Yeah, see who sure. gets out. So, yeah, it was 50 50. Uh, unfortunately, I'm also going to say to me, it didn't really matter because you're playing Austria. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I think it's going to be a rough one either way. So if you do manage to fight for second place, congratulations. Commiserations as well. Because um, I think you're going to have a fun time in the quarterfinals. So enjoy it, um, is what I'd say. Colm, Ireland, second so, place. A lot of... Because we're in a similar situation um, in Newcastle where um, people kind of counted counted us out. Yeah, I think we took Austria in the quarterfinals to 16-12, I think this final score was. Um, Ireland have a very well-balanced squad. Um, I, think I, I think a few players have left, me included. Um, hopefully that'll change next time. Um, <laughs> but I see a lot of players there, especially like that starting six. I I see a really well balanced squad. Um, 
I, I don't know France well enough to be able to like know how powerful they are in terms of throwing, catching, but based on what I've seen previously, I can see you know, a well-disciplined Ireland squad giving them a really, really good game. I think it'll be, I'm, I'm kind of similar to you, Nick, where I think it'll be a really tight game. I think that's the one that'll decide, you know, who will go through. Um, but I think it, it might just be me knowing the squad better than the France, where I think that Ireland haven't definitely have enough in, in their tank to, to kind of get through to the next, to the next uh, stage. Yeah, fair. And that leads us to the Group D, in which uh, we've all got Austria top in the group, with Italy coming second, knocking out Czechia and Belgium. Um, I think I think that's a fairly safe, fairly safe assumption. I don't know; it'll be an interesting one either way. Um, does anyone have anything to say about that, or should we go on to the semis? I think move on to the semis. I think that's that one. It feels like a given, and if it's not a given, if it ends up going a different way, there's absolutely no way that we could tell you right now how it's going to go different and what's going to be the difference. So, yeah, sure. in sure. theory, it'll be that. If it isn't, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, so what that ultimately means, already said, uh, we think it's going to be an England-Austria uh, same side of the draw. Uh, all of us think that England and Austria are going to get through that quarterfinals game uh, and get into the semis to play each other. The other side of the draw is going to be a bit more interesting because um, we've all got Northern Ireland beating Italy. I don't think that's going to be an easy win. I think likelihood is Northern Ireland win, but I also would not bat an eyelid if Northern Ireland uh, lost to Italy, to be perfectly honest. I think Italy are a good squad. They've been playing a lot from what I can tell. Um, They played, I think, in the 2019 one, they played well but underperformed was sort of my yeah. takeaway is that they could have done a lot better but there was just there was just some times when I think they could have been a bit more clinical and just taken a hit here or there and, and got someone out and there's a few sloppy plays yeah. so I think they you know if they've been playing well and, and stuff like that uh, since lockdown uh, I think I think they could they could come up a storm here and really this side of the draw is open to anyone I think because if you get through if you <clears> beat Northern <throat> Ireland right and you get through to the semi-final then you're playing either Wales or Scotland. And similarly, if you're Scotland or Wales and you got through to the semi-final, if you get through to that, you've got to fancy your chances to get to the final, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's it's very likely that we see a different silver place than what we've predicted. Yeah. It's definitely a good chance. In terms of Italy back in um, Newcastle, I'm I'm 99% sure that they got knocked out in the very last set against Scotland. Um, yes, I think so. Yeah. Where it literally went down to the last three seconds, and there was one hit that put Scotland through. Um, so, uh, like you said, any I think that's definitely a side of the draw that anything could happen. Um, any four of those teams could make the final, and you just wouldn't be surprised. Um, it made you know selections further on down the line quite difficult. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a very interesting game. I think. Italy are definitely, <clears throat> in my eyes, Italy are definitely going to be the wild card um, in terms in the men's pool. Um, they could beat anybody, and they could all easily just just as easily lose to anybody um, on that side of the draw. So should be should be a good one. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you've been saying. I think Italy. My thoughts on them last time was that they were a team of incredibly good individuals, but sometimes their strategy struggled a little bit. 
yeah. I think that was reflected a bit by the fact that it was Matteo Mini that won MVP for the tournament overall, like players player or whatever it was called. So an Italian incredible player, man, incredible player, incredible, incredible player. And I think you know something like that really shows just that Italy was a, a very, very strong team. It's just not necessarily working as a team all the time to the best, um, to their best advantage. But the thing with the pandemic is that it's given us so much time to re- review footage, so much time to think tactics and strategies and really hone that side of things. So if that's what was holding Italy back, just that extra 2% that they needed to, to squeeze past Scotland last time, then then that, sh- that will have changed. That will definitely have changed. They'll have had time to do that. So they could be incredibly talented Um strategists and we we have no idea we don't know what they're going to look like um so they they could easily go the whole way and they could also just as easily get knocked out super early on i do think they'll get at least through to the quarterfinals but they they might not even make it out the quarters so yeah impossible to know so yeah what did you do during uh lockdown i watched the euros three times (laughs) (laughs) i took notes i did stats and everything (laughs) um yeah i i I do agree i think that side whoever ends up in the final on that side of the draw um i think northern ireland are favorites so anyone who does manage does manage to beat them to it uh it would be considered an upset but also i think i don't think it's an uh you know an undefeatable game, for example, for Northern Ireland. I think they can. They are. They are beatable. On the other sort of side of the draw, however, England Austria. What are people's thoughts? Because I think England. We've all said England are going to win, and we've all said England are going to win the whole thing. My prediction of why England are going to beat Austria is: I think Northern Ireland beating England last time. Northern Ireland played a way that beat England. It was a style that beat England, in my opinion. Um, and that just took England by surprise. I think England-Austria leans more into England's style of playing. Um, although with some new management and some new players, maybe there's a slightly different style of play they're going to bring out. Um, and maybe it doesn't favour them as much. But I think England can I think England can deal with the, the hard-hitting throws of Austria a bit better um, and probably work around it. I think Northern Ireland's tactics against England was spot on last time. And... Uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting one. I th- that, but that's why I put England through. Is not because Austria can't do it. I just think it leans more towards England's style and how they can they can win through it. Could be talking out my ass, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think that the reason that England lost um, last time was very much a mental game. Issue. I think that's the, the thing that everyone's come away from with 2019 when we're reviewing the footage. Is it? It just seems as though England really got the whole competition in their heads. Likely, the the pressure of it being a home Euros ended up working against them um, in, in quite a strong way. But I, I just think they lost their heads a bit at the end of the day. Um, and I think the squad that they're sending this time around, it's not exactly the same squad. It's uh, first of all it's smaller because they can't drag everyone all the way across to the Netherlands, whereas with the home Euros, they could bring pretty much every single person in England. Um, and I think that smaller squad, when you look at the faces that make up that team, A, they're incredibly good dodgeballers, but B, most of them, I would say, are some of the more level-headed dodgeballers within English leagues. Not all of them, and I won't name names, but most of them are. Um, and so I think if they can actually keep their heads together, uh, then that that will be something that... that brings them through because they have that skill level they have that 
ability. It's just whether or not they can capitalize on it. And that's what they failed to do last time. Uh, I think they're probably pound for pound individual dodgeballers better than the Austrian dodgeballers, but the Austrian dodgeballers play better as a team and play better of a mental game normally. So if England can rectify that, and I think they probably have based on the collections, then I think it should be their game. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know what happened at Newcastle, if you if you look back, especially in the first half, a lot of the sets that Northern Ireland won, they were actually coming from being three or four players down every set. So I think the the fact you're talking about the mental game absolutely played a massive part in it. Like they just weren't able to see out sets that they had a massive advantage in. And you know, fair play Northern Ireland for that. They played incredible stuff. This pick is probably due to knowing how strong that England squad is going into this Euros. Um, having played and watched a lot of them um, in Super League this year. like I know a lot of them have stepped up a couple of gears since the last time they played. And, you know, like we, like we discussed, the squad's changed a bit. And a lot of those players coming in kind of fit a wider mould. Um, than what they had previously. I thought previous England squads had a lot of like-for-like -like players, where I think now you've got a really big range that can kind of adapt to different kind types of play styles um, in any given match. Um, and I think my lack of knowledge around how Austria have been playing recently is probably why I selected England, but that's that's going to be a coin flip of a game. At the end of the day, both teams are absolutely incredible. Um, it's going to, well, assuming everything goes according to plan, I think that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Um, mm. Yeah, you could you could predict either way, and I I couldn't I couldn't say there's an obvious winner in either of them. But yeah, I think England England are going to look really really good, um, especially the men's men's side of the category this year. Yeah, I mean, not not to put any pressure or give England an ego boost. I'm actually fairly confident in England men's this time. I think England men's. Oh, that one's gonna bite you on the ass, buddy. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I feel like England will beat Austria, and I do think if Northern Ireland gets to the final, I think England will win it as well. Because you know, if you if you're worried about the mental game, I personally saw it. Yeah, it was a bit of a mental game. But it was also a bit of the start. Like I, like England was just out of the block slow. They lost too many sets to be in with. If you look if you look at the game, and then. Like, like said, you, you say you say out of the block, there were three or four players up in the first. I yeah, think it's three true, sets. But they had to. That's, that's, that's not starting sets. slow. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's not starting slow. Like counter argument is is England <laughs> yeah. players know how to hit people with their eyes closed. I think, I think you, I think you, I think you can get a few people out to begin a set, and they're they're confident, right? But they haven't woken up. They haven't got their game sense on because if you're if you're really drilled into the game and you're fully aware, you know that you haven't won a set. And you don't switch off until you've won the set. If you can get a few people out to begin with, it's six people on court, it's fairly cramped. As soon as you've got four people that are running up court and got space, a bit more easier to job uh, dodge, a bit more uh, space to counter. You can work work on that, and I think that's what Northern Ireland did, and they 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 hung in there, and I think England just let that slip. And that's why what that's what I mean by they were slow to start. They were slow getting the points. They were slow getting the sets to begin with. That was just my yeah. view on it. But I, I I get where you're coming from. But I think to say that they were slow coming out of the blocks, like I think I think they were just getting outplayed. I I don't think it was 
waking up at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. It was just really, really good, disciplined player from Northern well, Ireland. Well, at the end of the day, they lost to Northern Ireland, didn't they? So, you know, exactly. on, they need, they need I, to... So, but I, I am... I am... move on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I am fairly confident they're going to win, and I think they'll, they'll win the whole thing. But, um, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked at how confident you are. I'll be honest. Very shocked. I, 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 shock, my, I shock myself on sometimes, you know. It, <laughs> no, one, no one can expect what Nick's going to predict the next day. Um, and on, on that perfect segue, we're going to go on to uh, what has Nick predict for, for, for women's. Um mm. Not too dissimilar, I would say, to, I think, what other, everyone else has done. I think the only... Actually, no, mine is quite there's a bit a different. There's a few, yeah. There's yeah. A few. I, think, I think the big thing is going to be who we put through as the, like, the third place and stuff like that. So, yeah. in this scenario, I've got France being the best third place. And Switzerland being the second best third place. So second uh, Switzerland getting through in pool A out of Northern Ireland, Scotland, Switzerland, Netherlands and Spain. Um, and France getting through as the best third place in England, Wales, Czechia, France and Belgium. Meaning they've got above Czechia um, and comfortably um, putting them as best third place. Meaning I don't see the third place of pool B getting through um, is my prediction. Um in the other rankings, I've got England being the best first placed, uh, with Austria second and Northern Ireland third, um, and then yeah, we'll go through the rest later. I think so. Looking at it, you've got uh, Zoe, uh, your third place. You've got Czechia, not France, getting through as best third place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got who else? You got you got Switzerland as well, being second third place, backing yourself of there course just I do. to of course. just to sneak in. <laughs> I think it's the reason I've done it that way is I think France is going to be hard done by with um, just that sort of circular thing that we keep referencing. I think France is going to be really, really bothered by that within their group. I think Czechia will also be bothered by it, but I think it will be to a different extent. Um, And I also think France's group is the one that's the most likely to come away with at least one tie. So that would really screw over quite a lot of teams, actually. Like we said, ties really mess with people. Yeah. And I mean, out of all of us, Colm's the only person who's predicted someone coming out of Pool B, um, which is the one that we definitely see Austria and Italy winning clear, clearly. But you've got Ireland coming through as second base, uh, best third place and France you've got coming through, meaning that Colm's got revenge. He doesn't predict Switzerland making the cut. Uh, so first of all, is that the only reason you've done it is to piss Zoe off? Let's just get a clear the air on that one. <laughs> No. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I, I really struggled with this, I'll be honest. Um, this is the one where I think I changed about four times um, before I sent it over. Um, Can you confirm uh, your semi-final I... predictions were different every time you sent them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, the, this, I really... It made, the fact that like it's not just you know top two going through each group yeah. made this really really difficult because I was kind of going through and um, this is the only one where I like filled out the Excel sheet to try and work out who had like the most wins, draws, losses, and all that and all that jazz. Um, yeah, I I think Northern Ireland, and Scotland for me um, are the strongest in Group A. 
I could see Netherlands sneaking a win over Switzerland. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, they did last time, so that's yeah, exactly. Um, I, I kind of use the seeds to guide me a wee bit um, in this. I, I honestly, this could end anyway um, in terms of how the knockout stages. You didn't predict Czechia over I, France, though, did you? You, uh, you've got France. Right. You've got. <laughs> should, Fran- I, should I change that? <laughs> <laughs> So you got you got France being the best third in the group of England, Wales, Czechia, oh, no, France, I don't. and Belgium. Sorry, yeah. So, but France are eleventh and Czechia are eighth seed. But you know, um, I think oh, based just, I, I to think be fair, based on what Zoe said, diet. based on what Zoe said earlier, I think you got to back France. I think you got to back yeah. France in that group. Um, I there's there's a thing right. Okay, I like. I, I haven't seen what Zoe's seen in in the French squad, which kind of makes it a very interesting um, group to watch. Um, I've seen you know the Czechia women play a few times, and I think they've got some really strong players in there. Um, so I kind of just based it off of what I've seen, and that's that's how I kind of um, yeah. think it could pan out. And just to call Zoe out on this, like she said that France are really good, and she's just not called them getting through. So, so this to, is be, to be fair, she did say mixed rather than women. Well, I do think their women are very talented as well. I think, honestly, I think France will get so screwed over with the, the way the groups have fallen and, and the way that that seeding, like the the whole thing with the best third place and the yeah. second best third place going through. I think the idea of either one out of Czechia or France not making it through, because I do think like we've all predicted for some reason that group being the one that doesn't have a third place. Um, but, you know, if, if either one of those teams doesn't make it through, that's that's a real... So, yeah, that's really sad, because France has an incredibly talented squad. Czechia have an incredibly talented squad. So they're very, very, very different styles of dodgeball, and I think they're going to be a really interesting match between them. I, I predicted that it will go in a circle because I honestly think the styles are going to match up in a weird way in that group. I think yeah. that Czechia's style could really could beat France, but I can also see it actually being massively swung the other way. It's very, very different styles of dodgeball being played on that court. So I think it's a tricky one to predict. I also think we've said it already, but with this, we don't really know how the seedings are going to work. So anything outside yeah. of that first, you know, we, we're trying to predict who's not going to come third third which is really hard to predict in itself yeah and then on top of that we then can't really use that to predict how because yeah. the next the next layer the the quarterfinals is it's really impossible to predict how those are going to be drawn how those are going to be put together so 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 for context point sorry you're gone yeah i was gonna say after this point really like we can try and predict who's going to make it out and i think we've all done decent jobs on doing that but then I think the middle area just becomes this wash where who knows. And then for the finals, we can we can predict who we think is gonna win overall. That that's something you can predict because no matter how you know how you design a table, there will always be one winner. And so you can easily predict yeah. who you think is gonna win. It's the team that you think is best. Predicting anything else between this point and the winner, really, really hard. And I think I personally probably won't speak about any of those um, I, fair, I fair enough it's valid information so, so two, two things i'm going to mention one is is that uh one sad thing is is that if there isn't a third place coming out of pool b which neither myself or zoe have predicted only colm has 
it means either Ireland or Sweden are probably going home, or both Ireland and Sweden are going home, which would be heartbreaking, I think, for both those squads, because I think both of them would fancy themselves coming best third place, maybe being yeah. second at some point, depending on how Italy look. Um, for context on how the, the, the draw looks, it's a bit of a weird one. So based on the timetable and fixtures that we've seen come um, come out for the Euros, what we understand is going to happen in the quarterfinals is the the way the quarterfinals have been described is random, it says empty slot, empty slot, apart from two results, one of which says that best first place plays someone, and then another one is it says best second place plays second second place. So the only logic is, is that they're doing it the way that you take all the teams that have finished first to th- uh, first first place, second place, and then uh, best top two third places. You rank them one to eight based on how they finished out of the top th- first places, the top second places, and then the uh, third. And then basically you pair them off from top down to middle. So first first place will play thir- uh, second third place second first place best plays first third place and you keep uh, going down that means that you get the first second place against second second place match right the only information we know is that second second place match against first second place match is on the opposite side of the table to first first place against whoever so we do know that if we're predicting england first first place and switzerland second third place for example they're going to be on the opposite side of the pool to Italy and Scotland, for example, which is how we've done it here. The next logical thing is if you finished second best first place, you're probably going to be on the other side of the pool or the draw to first first place because they're going to be like your first and second seed in theory, right? So you're going to hypothetically put them on other sides. So that's how we've designed it here. It's the best logic we can put together. Um, but honestly, if they, if, if, if they did it a different way, don't blame them because you could do it a different way and that's that'd be totally reasonable but we're just going off of what we're predicting here so um long story short is we've all got england and austria in the final <laughs> um so i th- i think we've yeah it's fairly straightforward i think um some of us have different predictions going earlier on because uh in the semi-finals it's dependent on what we think the second place in the seeding is going to be so uh, some of us have Italy versus Austria um, or Wales versus England. Some people have Northern Ireland, Austria happening or England versus Northern Ireland happening. All depends on where people uh, end up. And that will come, that, that, that is likely to come down to set difference. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, like Zoe said, we brush past that and we think, we see what we think the two best teams are. So the two best teams, a women's team that we all think are competing are Austria and England. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll I'll say my piece about Austria. I genuinely thought Austria's women looked amazing in 2019. I thought they were like they were faultless. I felt um, they'd like. I I just go watch that game, England v Austria mm-hmm. in the final. Great game of dodgeball. Um, great game of women's dodgeball as well. Just just really incredible watch. And Austria just just didn't put a foot wrong. Like no matter how England tried, how hard England tried, and it's not that England played bad. England did no. not play bad at all. Austria just played really well. Um, go watch it. Um, yeah. Having said that, I do think England will win this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl, what do you I, think? I absolutely agree with it. Oh, sorry. sorry, sorry, Colin, sorry. No, Colin, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. 
I just can't. I, I genuinely just can't look past. Yeah, I just I just think the Austrian women are incredible. Always have been. There's not a tournament I haven't watched them in where I just don't love what they do. Um, I, I generally if they both make the final, it I I once again I think it'll probably be the most fun entertainment final to watch. Um, which I think it has been for the past number of tournaments. Um, but yeah, I just I just always think the Austrian women just something about them they just always pip um england to the post for me um but yeah i wouldn't be shocked if if england you know in my eyes cause a bit of an upset and beat beat the austrians but yeah they, they look so good in 2019 like they pretty much every other team that they played they wouldn't even let them get out of first gear they just kept pinning them down and really making them having to work to even you know get a chance in the game um yeah i just i i don't i struggle to see them um losing but i think it'd be a very tight match yeah uh i've put england as winning uh but even that like putting it down as i was typing i was like oh i really i don't know because austria have won the last I mean, if you if you look at the the way the EDF does its rankings, it gives you the last three years as being ones that count for anything, and it is really heartbreaking for you know for England to look at that because it's just silver, silver, silver for women every time it's come down to England Austria final and Austria winning, um, and yet despite that, I put down England as winning. As I'm saying that, then it seems a bit illogical and, and counterintuitive, but. Austria, I think, are a super clinical and super, you know, that, that was what really went their way in that final uh, in 2019. Like, they are so amazing. Some of the best dodgeball you'll ever see. England can produce that as well. Um, but it's like I said for the men, in 2019, for both the men and the women, they lost their heads a little bit. And I think that the players that they were, they were fielding in that England squad in 2019, they were mixing it up quite a lot. They had a very, very, very large bench. And they were really doing a lot of substitutions. And I don't think that was the correct thing uh, in hindsight. It's very easy to say that in hindsight, it, it felt correct at the time, probably. Um, I think they let it get to their heads. There's a, a moment in the match footage, I think it's from the women's final, where you can see John Rudland sort of shaking his head off to one side during a timeout. And in the background, you can see, you know, the, the Austrian girls are having their team talk and the Austrian ball retrievers are like egging up the, the, the crowd. crowd yeah, 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 having yeah, a great yeah. time. Yeah. And that to me was really like that's that that shows what went wrong. You know, England are so in their heads and they're so they're so stressed, and even their manager can't fit in on that talk because he's so stressed and trying to work out what to do. And Austria are having a great time. They are chilled out as hell. They're obviously having a very serious team talk, but you know their men are, are really you know the morale, the morale's them. always there behind. The morale's yeah. incredible, and and I mm. think England sometimes. It sounds counterintuitive. They sometimes take dodgeball a bit too seriously and they forget to have fun. And Austria always look like they're having such an amazing time. They're playing superb dodgeball, but they're having fun while they do it. That being said, I put down England as winning. And I think it's because the squad that they fielded this time, same as with the men, this is a squad that's got very, very good mental game. The the players that they've picked, I mean, Colm and I both know, I mean, Nick as well, You we all know Emily Walker really well. She's previously been missing in uh, lineups. She wasn't there in 2019 for England. And she is 
one of the coolest players you will ever see on court. And I think her being selected over some some other players, perhaps, is indicative of what they're going with with this squad. You know, you look at that squad, and the first thing I think is this is this is a level-headed squad. This is a squad that's not going to lose their heads, isn't going to get dragged into Austria's game, and is going to be able to calm themselves down and control, maintain that game the way that they want to play it. So that's why I think that I think it's this specific squad I think is really, really impressive for England, and I think it's very tactical decision making in selection there. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think like going back to the the last game with Austria and England in twenty nineteen as well. I think one of the things that you've always got to think of in dodgeball is that if you do if you do something good, you want to back it up with something good and not do something stupid. Or if you do something bad, you don't want to double down and back it up with something bad. You 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 want to stop the errors there, and Austria were the definition of that. Like they, whenever did they did something good, they took the time and and they figured it out. And if something a ball came flying out that, their way to try and, you know, distract them or stop their you know like good form and and slow them down, they were on it. They managed to back it up with another good you know good catch or a good dodge, and it just it meant that they had a ball if they dodged it. Whereas England just suddenly didn't have a have a, have a ball. So I, that was really great watching Austria. Austria. I do also agree with you with selection. I think when selection came out, all three of us were, were on the chat and we were talking about who's our starting six. Like looking at that, who was starting six, and we, I think we all had a very similar starting six lineup. And I think what we can say about the squad, it is a squad that, you know, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm not a coach, I'm not someone who'd put together a team, but it looks like a squad that's designed to navigate the difficulties over Euros. They've got to get out of a group stage with four difficult teams. Uh, they've got to get through who knows where they're going to end up in the seeding into the quarterfinals and they've got to win those matches there's no lo- there's no losses they can't slip up because it's knockout they've got to navigate through that and then they've got to f- defeat austria at some point if they want to win and i think they've got the squad to do it they've got the heads with the experience they've got the new talent and the energy um they've got varying different skill sets so they can play against different styles of dodgeball i think and if you look at like women's super league as well, because of how close it was, there were so many different styles of dodgeball being played. There were so many different uh, two and throw games. Everyone knows each other really well. I just think it looks really good for the women's squad. And I, like, they've had a perfect training session to Euros being women's super league. Nothing else is compared to it, um, just because of the level of competition in it. And and I think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna do it for for them. But yeah, yeah, right. Um, mixed, mixed, mixed. Finally, we'll get to the end. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cock up on that one. It's already, yeah, sorry that. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, so mixed. Um, similar situation to the women's in the fact that we can't predict how it's going to go uh, in terms of the seeding. Um, we think we've done what makes the most sense. Um, when we say we, it was Nick up late at night with a cup of tea trying yep. to figure it out. Um, and yeah, so th- this is what we think is going to happen. Uh, similar-ish story. Uh, we've got, all got fairly similar predictions. I think Zoe and I have identical predictions by the looks of it, um, apart from our semi-final prediction. Um, and Colm, you've decided a different team is getting through in second, third place instead of us, or at least... I guess no, the se- the se- yeah, it's the seeding's different. So, yeah. making up for the fact that he didn't think that Switzerland was going to make it through in the the women's, he's putting them as best third, no, second third place. Not Wait, yeah. Yeah, best third place, sorry. Yes. Have I got it? No. You I haven't got Swiss... Not the best. Not the... 
No, you haven't got Switzerland at all. You haven't got Switzerland in mixed either. <laughs> I was just, Has like, he not? just like, no, he hasn't. He's got he Wales and <laughs> he's got Wales and Czechia. Oh, um, right. So that's my Switzerland now. Yeah. Yeah, it's your that's Switzerland. Me. Sorry. Switzerland, Switzerland are the third team that don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks, Colm. Colm hates Switzerland. You heard it here first. Um, Always so, not yeah. Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. So from from that, the teams that we're expecting not to get through uh, in general, because I think Zoe and I have both got Wales and Switzerland, which means that Wales is getting through from the group of death. Uh, we're expecting Ireland and Spain not to get through. In fact, all of us have got Wales going through. So congratulations, even if you're in the uh, well done, pool Wales. of death. Well done. <laughs> even if you're in the pool of death, we're thinking that they're going to get through, which means that we're probably expecting Ireland and Spain to have a hell of a time. Yeah. Um, so, um, rest in peace. Good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be, that is going to be a hell of a, it is, it is the pool of death, it's going to be a hell of a group to get out of. Um, so, it's so tough, it so is tough. genuinely so, so tough. Yep. Yeah, but Colm's got Czechia coming through in England, Italy, Czechia, Sweden and Croatia, and then Zoe and I have Switzerland making out of the, the interesting group of pool a of which is scotland switzerland france netherlands and belgium which is probably one would say argue is a little bit more open i think we've already discussed it before because of that round robin effect that you know everyone goes in circles and might beat people it could play against switzerland yeah. we're saying we think it will play for switzerland in this scenario um but yeah i think that that's all i have to say on that yeah, I agree with that. I don't really have anything to add. I've already said it in the, the previous section for who I think is going to get through that. Calm just hates Switzerland and likes Czechia. It's yeah. facts, facts. But again, we've all got um, we've all got Austria, England coming out as the uh, as the final, um, all having different routes. I will just say shout out to France because Zoe has voted that France is going to get through to the semi final. Um, in eighth seed getting through there. That is a big, big, bold prediction <laughs> by Zoe. Uh, France to beat Scotland to get through. Um, I think with France, specifically the mixed, and there's a reason why I think France is going to do very well in mixed compared to their women's and compared to their men's. Like you said, I didn't put them through in their women's. Um, but in mixed, it's because the skills that their women have, so the thing that they're very good at, the women, they're very, very light on their feet and they're very good catchers. They're throwing a little bit less good, but they can catch, and that's that's where they're going to do well in the women's. The men, really, really rapid up and down court, really, really good at taking those revenge shots. So what I can see happening so much with that French team is a girl going up, you know, being part of a group throw, throwing a ball, and then being quote-unquote stuck in the middle. Oh, no, I'm going to run back really slowly. Oh, no, oh, someone's thrown a ball at me. Catch it, easy, because it's a French girl, and they can all catch like crazy. So... Someone's just come up, thrown a ball at them. They've caught it. That player's out. Someone else probably came up with them because people like to go up in pairs. And now a French guy is just going to bolt from the back and smack that guy with the ball. I can see that exact play happening so many times with that French team because it is perfect for the players that they've got, the skill, like the talent that they've got for their men and for their women. And I think that will, they can ride that wave really, really far in mix. Um, I don't think it's enough to beat England. But I do think that it's enough to get them at least to that semi-final. In fact, I don't think it's enough to, for them to be anyone that I've predicted in those semi-finals. But I think for the courses, they'll be fine. Yeah, 
Um, fair, fair, for, any, fair for anybody that listened to that, please watch that clip on YouTube because that, <laughs> was, that was phenomenal. <laughs> that was, that was great. I felt, I felt like I was in the crowd watching the match. <laughs> like... We just had we just had a masterclass from Switzerland on on how to bait and switch essentially. <laughs> but the best part about that is I can say all of that. Neither of you who can like respond in any way to that because you've I, never seen any of the French no, players. I, that, that, that's that's the thing, right? And it makes your it makes your prediction really interesting. And I, it's got it's got me really really intrigued to like watch all of the French games, especially a mix because I've now got really high expectations for for the French. They better not let me down. I've been hyping them so much, and really they're just, like. They're going to come dead last. Every, like, every conversation that we've had in, about Euros, like you've always kind of said, like you need this the team that could pull off these, you know, upsets and should be re- it should be a really entertaining team to watch. You know, just based mm-hmm. on what you've said. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I would love to see you know whether it's France or whether it's somebody else. I would love to see somebody kind of. Outside of your typical top four, kind of make it through, and uh, th- obviously this this is kind of a bit of a another weird one for us to predict because we're kind of having to semi guess as to how it's gonna be seated in terms of the quarterfinals, um because there's a few t- there's a few big matchups in the in the quarters based on how we've kind of panned it out, um because we say we're gonna see some like big teams kind of potentially get knocked out in the quarterfinals just because of how everything's worked out like um for example i think all of us have wheels to be knocked out in the quarterfinals by either mm-hmm. austria or england yep what a stinky kind of potential draw um <laughs> can you imagine that you've, you've gone like, through the whole thing of having to play austria and northern ireland in your groups yeah. and then you end up with austria or england in the quarterfinals literally like you're I think I think all of us have them to play. Probably, like arguably, the top three teams. Um, yeah, that's that's incredibly unlucky for them. Um, in all honesty, um, they could easily prove us wrong. Like it, you could also see them getting second in their group. As so well. I thought you were gonna say, <laughs> yeah, they could prove us wrong by not getting into quarters. This 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 thing, right? Is that. Um, if it's based on third place, like there could be draws against um, either Northern Ireland, Austria, or even Ireland could could pull off an upset. Like that was genuinely a really, in terms of like picking the two third teams to get through, that was probably the toughest group because you're either back in Wales to kind of beat all those, you know, around them, or you're having to predict them getting a cheeky draw or two in there as well, like. Yeah, that yeah. this could this really could go anyway. Like that that group yeah. is gonna be really like define how everything else kind of falls into place. I think um, it's gonna be really interesting to look back on. Like, oh, we, absolutely, like, just to, just how wrong we were and and who came up it because there could be yeah. like one wild result is gonna screw up the standings massively. Yeah. Um, and that's going to mean that different people on different sides of the draw and having an, all of us have got an England-Austria final because we think they're going to get through fine and they're going to be first and second respectively. Yeah. But that that's not guaranteed. They could easily finish top of their group and still be third best first 
and that means that they're going to have to pay, play each other. Um, like Personally, I don't have Northern Ireland coming out of the quarters. I think Italy... Just like if I'm going to predict one upset, I think it's going to be Italy. I think Italy are going to beat Northern Ireland. I do think Italy are a pretty good team, um, so we can we'll see how it goes there, um, and hopefully they'll get through to the semis. Don't think they'll be Austria though, but yeah. And again, uh, I think Austria are going to win it this time. I think I don't think England are going to get the the, the treble this time. It's one of those ones where most te teams have people playing in their men's and women's also in mixed. And I just think if Austria's lost both men's and women's, which is what I've got happening, I think they are going to be very fired up for a, for, for a mixed one. I don't think they're going to have the England effect where their, their heads went down. And like, ju just to be clear, I don't think this is just like an England dodgeball thing. I think it's just an English mentality right, is that we crumple under pressure. You watch it in football, you watch it in rugby, you watch it in any sport. Like, the only oh, I, time... I'm I, glad you brought that up rather than me. <laughs> yeah, like, the only, the only time you've seen, like, England actually do well in a high-pressure scenario, in my opinion, is in hockey. And the women's hockey team have done really well. Mainly because they've got one player who's a goalkeeper who is bloody amazing. But it is just an. I think it's an English mentality thing, and I, I don't know why, but it's just drilled into us that, uh, you know, if things go down, our heads go down. I don't think Austria is like that. I think Austria will come out absolutely guns blazing, in mixed, and I think I think they've got it got it in them to win. I know what my very Swiss mother would say. I should say it's because of the rain. It's, <laughs> you've got a sad little country that's always raining, and so all your people are sad little people. I love your mother already. She's <laughs> So when are we having a guest uh, guest appearance? <laughs> do, do you know what's really funny looking at this? Is that how am I the only one back in England doing to win the mix? <laughs> it's really funny. It's because of all the it's all the reasons that you were talking about for the women. <laughs> I you know what I look at what you know the potential starting six for that England squad and who's on the bench potentially for. The England squad, you know, based on the squads that were announced, that's a strong lineup, and I, th I think the balance. I think a lot of the, you know, tactics of what England can deploy in the mix, you know, category. I, I, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. If that's the, if that's the final, that's going to be really entertaining watch. And I just think that the balance of what England can bring and the different mentality, and I think under the new management of you know Jen, I that's that's where I could see England really thriving. To be honest, um, and I think also playing a mixed league might also help in some way, shape, or form. That also kind of figured into into my fact, like how I decided as well, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, whenever I was kind of doing this out, I literally looked at the squad for England and went like, I could pick out a starting six that I don't think anybody could could beat on their day. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I'd done it. No, I, I, I got a little mischievous grin there when you mentioned mixed league because that is the exact reason I have put England as second, and. It's because I was looking. I was looking at this prediction. I was trying to work out which one I thought was going to win between the two, and I looked over at the England uh, announcement for their mixed squad, and there's a very interesting thing that's happened, which is uh, only 
two or three of them, I think, total, have played Mixed League this year, if you look at that mix. I'm going to leave now. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have this fantastic Mixed League system in the UK that's been going on for a couple of years now, and yet the players that are in that England lineup are not the players that we see week in, week out in Mixed Super League or in Mixed League 1. Granted, it's not all of their faults. A lot of them play for clubs that don't have mixed sides. But even in those cases, I'm kind of erring on the side of, you know, I'm not sure if they would even play for the mixed team if those clubs had them. Because a lot of those players are very important figures within their own clubs, uh, as you'd expect from very experienced players. If they wanted to play mixed dodgeball, they could push for a mixed dodgeball side to exist within their clubs. Not Meteors, but all the other clubs could. Um, (laughs) So, you know, like Beagles, for example, Beagles don't have a mixed side. They could very easily have a mixed side. It would be a very decent mixed side. And yet they just don't have it. Yeah, sorry. Bedford Eagles, not Beagles. Beagles, though. Um, And they just, they don't don't have an interest in it, I guess. I I don't know what the exact club workings are. So when I look at that slide, I see a team of very, very talented women's players and very, very talented men's players. I don't see a side of incredibly talented mixed players. And I do think that this is there's a distinction between I think they're very good, but I don't think they're necessarily the best uh, mixed side that you could field. I don't think they've got as much experience as I would like them to have at this point. Uh, You can train a lot, but at the end of the day, they don't benefit from that in the same way that I would, I would want them to have if I were going to put them as, you know, the people that I'd predict to win. Austria, on the other hand, a lot of them do play mixed dodgeball. I don't think there's a mixed league in their country, but Mixed in in countries that have smaller club scenes in general, mixed is the default in a way that it's kind of stopped being to the same degree in England. In England, we have more split uh, gender trainings. We do still do mixed trainings, but you have the advantage where the more players you've got, the more split gender trainings you can have. It's an advantage in split gender dodgeball, but it's not an advantage in mixed dodgeball. Mixed is essentially the basic format for Austria, whereas England are playing outside of their format for almost all of those players. Um, so I think that's, that's the thing. I, I think it's going to come down to that. And I don't think that being the best men's player or the best women's player translates to being the best mix. I think we saw that in mixed league this year. Bottons played a team that basically had their best women's players and their second team men's players almost mm-hmm. the entire way through the league. And then one meet, a bunch of their men's first players decided to put their names forward. So of course, as soon as that happens, well, they're, they're immediately in the team because they're the first team. Um, and, and Spartans didn't play well that meet. They really didn't. Mm. Um, despite the fact they had better, you know, objectively better on paper players than they normally do, they had worse mixed players. They had better men's players, but they had worse mixed players. And so I think that's kind of what I'm expecting to see in this final. I'm expecting to see incredibly talented dodgeball players that aren't necessarily playing the best mixed style. As far as, far as dodgeball goes, dodgeball's like one of those interesting sports, you know, again... Sorry to be pandering to those that have been playing dodgeball for ages, but for those who are just coming across it and the beauty of Euros, you know, dodgeball has two things. It's, it's a very mentally tough sport uh, because you do need to have your head in the game at all times. If you're not paying attention for a second, someone is going to hit you. Uh, and the other side of it is is that many times you will look at a team and it's a, a sport where one person can't do- dominate very frequently in a team. Very rarely does that happen. And it becomes a very encompassing team game where it's at the end of the day you have to assess have they played up to the sum of their parts or not and I think Austria is probably one of those teams that will exceed the sum of their parts 
Whereas I think England might not. And I, I do I agree with that logic, Zoe, like wholeheartedly, because we know how much of a um, a factor it plays in dodgeball. And dodgeball is one of those sports like give me a team of six great friends over six great players, and they'll probably you know do pretty well. Yes, yeah, skill comes into it a massive a massive advance. But if you give me six t- uh, six people that know each other inside and out really well, and they can play dodgeball and they understand the rules of dodgeball, they will go far. I mean, that's essentially what happened at the Paris Open with Warwick eliminated. It's the dumbest team to enter into something like that. We're, we're, you know, it's a team of players who some of them haven't been playing for three, four years at this point. All a bunch of ex-Warwick students. We do not train together. We barely ever see each other outside of competitions. And yet we were like, oh yeah, let's go to Paris. And we got through to the finals in mixed, um, beating you know, Spain along the way. The Spanish national team was beaten by a bunch of uh, university grads who do not play dodgeball as much anymore. Some of us are international players, but actually a lot of us aren't. Um, and, and it's because of that. It's that innate knowledge. We could play very, very, very fluid dodgeball. When you watch back that footage, Warwick Eliminated play very, very fluid. The other teams are sometimes playing better individually, but we're playing really, really well as a team. And I think that's something we'll see, you know, the top teams like Austria, I think, do that super well. Very fluid dodgeball. Um, I think England, mm, sometimes they manage to get it, and I think they'll get it in women, they'll get it in men's. I'm not convinced that they'll get it in mixed. Mm. It is an interesting one. I'm going to get beaten up for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll protect you, don't you worry. If uh, Zoe is not on the post Euros podcast, you know why, you know who's pointing fingers at. Um, no, baby. it's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one either way, and um, uh, yeah, I think look, we're we're putting our best foot forward and guessing here. Like this is the reason why we've got a podcast to talk about this because hey, stab in the dark, we genuinely don't know. Hands in the air, this could go anywhere, and that that's <laughs> why. Like at the end of the day, we think you should go and watch uh, go and watch it. So if you're not heading to Netherlands to go and watch, you should definitely keep an eye on YouTube and, and get involved there and uh, keep an eye on it because. We've. I don't know how many times there needs to be a counter. I can't be asked to do it in post, but if someone could like just do a counter video of just how many times we said this game's going to be such a good game to watch, um, <laughs> of of the fact that we've got three tournaments going on and that many group I'm, matches, I'm double digits for sure. Yeah, it. maybe maybe even you know high fifties, maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great tournament. I'm genuinely looking forward I'm so to. So excited. Yeah, yeah it's, so it, I think it's going to be an absolute classic, and the fact that it's the first one in what three years, like it, it just it just kind of feels really special going into it. Like, genuinely, I wish I wish I was able to go because I I just think like everybody's seeing each other for the first time in years, and you're gonna have so many new people there who's gonna like take in what Euros is all about. Like I loved every single one that I appeared in, and hopefully in the future I'll be able to. to Croatia next year, right? Absolutely, and hopefully, hopefully I'll be actually going to play. Um, fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a really a special event. I'm, I'm so looking forward to to watching, you know, some of the best dodgeballers in the world. But yeah, um, yeah, I know. Um. <laughs> Love you, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll up I've all got similar size heads. Similar head. Yeah, For yeah. Audio <laughs> listeners, Nick just just changed the screen to a, a thanks for watching screen that I don't think. I mean, I haven't seen this before. I don't know if you showed it to Colin before. 
Yeah, yeah very, very cute. Started. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is me doing my prep and realizing, hey, we should probably have a screen to say thanks for watching, you know. So, um, yeah, so subscribe. That, that's me trying to get us to shut up, by the way. We have yeah. been talking for two hours, 20 minutes at this point. So, oh, get um, out. Yeah, it's um, it's getting late and we've you've basically missed the football at this point, I guess. Yes, um, I have. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> um, hey, dodgeball's more important. We love dodgeball. Um, so yeah, don't, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe and uh, follow us on all social medias, like our posts and all that good stuff. If you're an uh, audio just, listener... Just to, just to throw that out there, uh, we hit 100 followers on both Facebook and Instagram. We did, we uh, did. I, I did see it. Shout out to Kath Fane for being the 100th like on Facebook. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, you, you, you reached us to the century. Um, I bet she's going to love that shout out. Um, so... <laughs> Women's football score, England beat Austria. England v Austria 1 0. There you have it. So, um, that's, that's indicative foreshadowing for next week. Yeah, England 1 0 final score. <laughs> it, don't know how they can do that, but hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, follow us and all that good stuff. And yeah, if you're on a audios um, podcast, uh, give us a five star review and let us know what you think. Um, everything's appreciated and don't forget to to get in contact the other thing i will mention uh we all love a goodie uh so i've got i love having a collection of dodgeballs um i'm hopefully going to start trying to collect dodgeball from every nation so if anyone wants to aid me in that goal uh i'd be much appreciated otherwise uh, expect orders to be coming in um yes i am a seller like that um so i won't even be like the, the kit collector shout out to aldred but um I, I i will be the dodgeball collector okay i will i will be that guy um but yeah any any final any final words anything anyone else wants to sell out to uh i don't, I don't know how affiliated i will be with nick um after yeah. the um <laughs> I have a modicum of honour, so I don't have anything to sell out. Um, <laughs> How many times have you mentioned House of Dodge articles in this uh, <laughs> Not enough, I'm not, clearly. <laughs> I'm not selling them. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Um, thank you and good night, I think. Well, yeah, go, go follow all the other good Dodgeball podcasts and stuff like that that's going on, and go give uh, House of Dodge a, a like and stuff, and go read their articles as well. I've heard they're really good. But yeah, mm. um, thanks for listening. See you guys after, after Euros. Oh. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.